0: Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Friday, February 2nd, 2024. The Pro Bowl games are officially underway. I hate that I have to call it the Pro Bowl games, um, but I will. Um, Every NFL head coaching spot has officially been filled. Um, The MLB season is right on the horizon. We're about 20 days from spring training games um, as soon as you're hearing this episode. And then um, the January transfer window Uh, It's kind of coming to a close across all of the different countries in Europe right now. I think Germany uh, closes in about 15 minutes uh, as of when we're recording. Uh, I think England closes in about an hour and 15 minutes. I think Italy and Spain might already be closed. So um, we still have deals kind of rolling in. uh, But for the moment, it seems like everything is closing. Uh, Lou? How are we feeling going into this weekend? Uh, Obviously next week, Super Bowl week, uh, you know, big deal. Uh, How are we feeling going into the Pro Bowl weekend?
1: Um, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, Honestly, my eyes are more set on the Super Bowl and baseball returning. Um, Not really a lot to talk about in January uh, as far as like the transfer window goes, which is kind of unique. I, I feel like we have at least like one or two massive moves in January, but like, that just has not happened this time it's been yeah. pretty quiet um for the most part but uh yeah really excited for baseball i i just i can't wait till i can you know open the windows to my apartment and put on the yankees game with my with well with our mlb <laughs> well i guess yours yours that i uh, pilot um off of or uh, mooch off of but I, I just can't wait for baseball man yeah I, i'm baseball.
0: definitely excited for the baseball season to get started um to your point about the transfer window not being, you know, as exciting this time around, I think financial fair play is definitely a big part of that. Um, you know, typically we see you know an English team bring in a huge player in the in this January transfer window that surprises everybody. Nobody's really done that. Um, and I think with you know, this pending issue with Man City and already seeing that Everton has gotten reprimanded now twice, uh, they're going to, I believe, face another deduction soon. I think Nottingham Forest Mm -hmm. is going to be facing a deduction. I I think people are almost scared to be making moves right now.
1: Yeah, and it it honestly seems like it, in England, hasn't really affected the big teams yet. Like, sure, we've had allegations, um, you know, pretty serious allegations at that, but um, I'm kind of surprised that, you know, it's been everton- it's been Everton more times than it's been Manchester City, with all the Manchester City stuff we've heard. Um I don't know. That that definitely kinda makes me think that, you know, something deeper might be going on. I, I'm yeah. not like, you know, gonna get too much into like conspiracies or anything, but you know big soccer teams, more so than any other franchises in the entire world when it comes to sports, are very fishy when it when it comes to money. I, I guess it's just more so in the culture and I can totally see it to kind of where the big teams are more able to find, um, you know, loopholes more so than like a Nottingham Forest or an Everton would. So that's kind of like where I don't like it. And also I don't like the fact that we haven't seen any like kind of bigger moves in the the Premier League, but I get it. Um, I don't know. That's just kind of like where my thoughts are on it.
0: I definitely agree with that. Uh, But other things happening. Want to get your thoughts. Mike McDonald to the Seahawks. And Dan Quinn to the commanders, you now have Belichick and Vrabel with no head coaching job.
1: Yeah. I, I know. That's um big. and and the Steelers looking at Arthur Smith.
0: Uh they're not just looking Heavily. I believe he's there.
1: I, I know. The it's uh it's more than there. It's uh he was about to go interview for Tampa because nothing was happening in Pittsburgh. So uh some guy named Mike Tomlin went and personally stopped him from leaving. Good. Um so it, it yeah, it's a little bit more than interested is a, is a good way to put it.
0: Yeah. Um, how how do you feel about that?
1: It, <laughs> well, he's a good you OC. Know, I, I know he's a good. That's OC. what I was about to say. He has had more luck as an offensive coordinator, so I'll give him his bread there. But I, I was really looking forward to Cliff. Um, I, I heard a lot of rumors about Cliff uh, Kingsbury. I think is his name from uh, yeah. USC. Um, and that's definitely a guy that I could see taking the Steelers to a more modern um, offense. I don't know about Arthur Smith. Um, so as far as like Steelers and offensive coordinators, I I feel like we, we have a better offensive coordinator than we've had in a while with Arthur Smith, but it's still, it's not enough. It, it's not as drastic as I wanted or is what I think it needs to be.
0: Yeah. I think with Arthur Smith in, in let's be honest, his style does kind of suit the Steelers offense and what they have. You, you don't have the best quarterback play, but you have, uh, you know, a very good running back or a guy that has the potential to be a very good running back in Najee Harris. And then you have Jalen Warren as a second option. Um, I, I just think that his play style uh, and his play calling will suit that team much better than, um, you know, it did at least with the Falcons um, for sure. But um, e- even just as well as it worked for the Titans.
1: yeah. I just hope he doesn't instill the Kyle Pitts game plan on uh, Pat Fryermuth.
0: I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so w- with Belichick and Vrabel not having a job, like it- it's wild. And Belichick, um, you know, I've heard talk about him going to Fox at least for the year, um, just to to wait out, you know, his next job in head coaching. It- it's it's very weird though for Vrabel. Um, this guy's a a top-of-the-line kind of guy, head coach. And, of course, the Titans are the first team to give him a chance as a head coach, and the only team thus far. But I don't know what was wrong. I think when it came down to it, he became available, and I think a lot of teams, especially this time around, weren't looking for, like, the immediate success. A lot of teams that didn't have a head coach kind of already had a thought in mind that they need to do something for the future and going after a coordinator is for the future. Mike McDonald is a a pretty young DC who's going to take that job. Dan Quinn, of course, not young, but he's already got head coaching experience and he's done great things with the Cowboys defense. And the commanders are obviously very familiar with Dan Quinn, considering they play him two times a year when he was in Dallas. So, I think that one like both of those moves make sense to me. And they're both guys that, you know, at least Mike McDonald kind of just jumped onto the scene as a head coaching candidate and he got his his time and Dan Quinn has certainly been talked about since he went to Dallas and kind of revitalized that defense. Um but then like you have the news that Ben Johnson isn't gonna leave the Lions. He stays and then it's like a day later Dan Quinn to the Commanders. It surprises me that Vrabel wasn't more Talked about in that conversation, and really surprisingly, he doesn't have a job. I have a feeling he's another guy that's gonna just wait for the next time around. Next year, there's gonna be head coaching jobs available. There always is, and Vrabel will probably scoop one of those up. But um, you know, I've heard people trying to say that he's gonna try and go to a college team. This is not the time for a college or for an NFL coach to go to the college level with the state of college football at the moment and with the transfer portal and NIL, it is like no other time in the sport. And for an NFL head coach to have to make that move and get into this horrible cycle that we're in in college football, not not to say it's a horrible thing, but it's, it's a vicious cycle for head coaches to go through this every year. It just doesn't make sense for a guy who doesn't have college coaching experience to go into that realm right now uh, and just kind of see what he could do. Uh, it makes a lot more sense for him to just kind of, you know, hang out on the side, uh, maybe just take the year off, uh, and then get right back at it next year.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree with everything that you said. Um, I, I have two questions. Well, one comment, one question. My okay. first comment is I love I love Mike Vrabel, and I'm yes. very sad that nobody hired him. Um, I really, I don't even think the Falcons showed interest.
0: I think he got interviewed. That was it.
1: Okay. Well, at least they gave him an interview. Um, My second question, though, is if not now, when is a time for an NFL coach to maybe take a a college football job? In your opinion,
0: it it kind of seems like that's just coming to an end because it used to be that. The guy, you know, an NFL guy would go back down to college. And now we're seeing that a lot of NFL guys don't even do the college stuff. A lot of them just kind of go, uh, you know, they play in the NFL. They become, you know, some kind of assistant. And then they get a head coaching job. That's what Vrabel did. That's what, you know, numerous other guys have done. There is, of course, guys that... Spend time in college and come up, but we haven't seen that yet during the transfer portal era or the NIL era, whatever you want to call it. We haven't seen that happen. Harbaugh went down to Michigan before the transfer portal and NIL started, you know, at least to the to the point it's at. And obviously, he was successful and he adapted. But to be an NFL head coach right now, to drop down, you have so much more to deal with than you know. Let's say Nick Saban. When he returned to college football after being with the Dolphins and then he goes to LSU, I think with that one, it's like, okay, the only responsibility he has to go to is now recruiting, which he had already done in the past with Michigan State, um and I think Kent State as well. Of course, he spent time there, but he like the guys that have no college experience, it's way too difficult. And it might just be how it is for, for a long time. If you don't have college coaching experience, it's going to be really hard to get into this new culture of college football.
1: Yeah, that's a fair point. I like that. Um, cause I, I don't think it's very feasible for Vrabel to move to be like a college coordinator. Um, no, of course not. that'd be less, less of a curve than if he was a college head coach, but, um, you know, that's like the only way that I could think of an end to learn college football like that. But that's, you know, one, that's just unfeasible. too. that's definitely not what Mike Vrabel wants to do, and I yeah. don't blame him. Um, but it just, you know, bottom line, that's somebody that needs a job. Bill Belichick could retire tomorrow and it yes. would affect me zero. I would like to see Bill Belichick come back. I just don't think um there, he would have to go to a team that's already good for the same issue that the Falcons had with him, and that's that he's too old and the Falcons need somebody to build up with, not somebody. You know, the Falcons aren't necessarily ready to win right now.
0: Yeah, yeah um, it would take a few pieces.
1: Yeah, so like I could see Belichick kind of, you know, kind of like how Brady went to Tampa, and then they kind of built that super team. That's the kind of team that I could see Bill Belichick going to, but there's not yeah. a super team that, you know, wants to get rid of their head coach right now.
0: Yeah, it it's going to be interesting, you know, obviously we have no clue what teams are going to do next season and you know what coaching jobs will be available. Um I'm sure like the Colts job might be available. They like to go, you know, one year in. <laughs> Panthers <Yeah>. maybe <laughs> again. Um there's really no telling. Uh but let's go ahead and kind of get into the main stuff of the podcast. We'll start the Pro Bowl uh and then we've got our top 5 DH's list. Premier League weekend, transfer news, then we'll round it out with questions time. Luke, let's go ahead and talk about the Pro Bowl. Obviously, the second year of this new Pro Bowl uh, with the the Pro Bowl games uh, is what I guess we should actually be calling it. Um, it's in Orlando, Florida this year. And it starts tonight as we're recording. You'll already have known what happens in the Thursday Skills Showdown, as it's called. Um, these games are going to include precision passing, um, which you might remember from last year. It was just all the quarterbacks from each conference. Uh, so the three quarterbacks compete in some target precision passing competition. It, it sucks. Uh, I think last year Derek Carr won it, maybe? Tyler yeah, Huntley. I've
1: always
0: liked that one. I, I don't I know. Like like, it's, I I can't get behind the games, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, you also have the best catch, which is a pre-taped thing, um, which I hated about last year and I'm going to hate about this year. Um, it's pretty dumb. Uh, and then you have closest to the pin, which is, you know, golf, like actually just golf. Um, and then you have high stakes, which is actually a good one. Um, uh, you know all the players that are part of it. Um, you start off with one football in your hand, and each player has to attempt to catch a punt from a jugs machine, um, and continue stacking up footballs, uh, which is pretty fun. And then we'll have dodgeball. Uh, you know it's dodgeball. I don't need to explain that one. And then uh, snapshots is a new one. Uh, that's gonna allow long snappers and centers to uh snap balls at targets of varying point values. Um, So that one will be interesting to watch. And then um, you have Sunday's festivities. You have a few more games Sunday. Uh, You have a Madden head-to-head, which is pre-recorded. You have the Gridiron Gauntlet. Um, That is uh, a full-field relay race between six players. Uh, You probably remember it from last year. Uh, You have a Tug of War, which is new to this year, it's a five-on-five tug-of-war above a foam pit. Um, you have Move the Change, uh, which is an offensive and defensive lineman strength and speed competition. And then um, you have kick toe um, which I believe is pre-taped, uh, but that one is uh, the kickers uh, competing in a giant tic-tac-toe competition. it's insane that we even have to talk about this and then uh the festivities will conclude on sunday with a seven-on-seven flag football game between the two conferences and all of this coached by eli and peyton manning
1: yay
0: (laughs) (laughs) so exciting man um
1: I remember, dude. I remember, like the well, I don't remember, but like the Pro Bowls where they would wear like the actual AFC NFC uniforms yep. and then wear their team's helmet. Yep. That, that was, uh, you know, back in the day where like the good players actually didn't opt out. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, that was the good old days.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like they like kicked the ball off. I think it. it I think <laughs> yeah. it was like two years before they stopped doing the actual Pro Bowl. They just stopped kicking doing kickoffs. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I
1: have no idea.
0: <laughs> yeah. No I,
1: clue.
0: Let's just kind of go ahead and talk about like our thoughts. Like I don't I don't hate the setup. It's just the fact that they took away an actual football game. And over the years it, it sucked for sure. It was not competitive. Players didn't want to get hurt. Then it became, you know, kind of an issue of no one wanted to participate in the first place. Um, you know, this is kind of a safe alternative. Um, but it is dumb. I understand why they changed <laughs> yeah. it. It is a horrible, <laughs> horrible thing. And like it's not a bad product. Like if I wasn't aware that there was an actual Pro Bowl football game that existed, I would probably watch this and be like, Oh, this is fun. It's like the NBA All Star, you know, weekend.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's like the MLB All Star Weekend, except there's not an actual game that is being played at the end. Um I I kind of want to talk about this. So the CBA uh, that was signed into effect, I believe, 2022. um, So each team, uh, there's a winner and a loser. uh, And there's like a points accumulation from all the games and then the seven on seven, um, you know, whatever. The winning team, at least last season, uh, each player received 88,000 if they won, um, which was actually more than if they participated in last year's Super Bowl um which is crazy Damn. and um if you lose the uh the pro bowl each player gets 44,000 uh which was uh up uh 2000 for the losers over 2022 and 4000 for the winners over 2022 i, I that's not a lot right <laughs> like i there's a lot of players on the pro bowl roster so i get that part Eighty-eight thousand wouldn't change my mind if I'm, you know. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is a bad example. I get Josh Allen. If I'm Josh Allen, eighty-eight thousand ain't going to change my mind on if I want to go there and fucking, you know, break my ankle playing dodgeball.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. Eighty-eight K, like. It's not a lot, but if you think about it, like you get to participate in all these fun games, and yeah, let's be yeah, honest, and you're going to
0: Orlando not. for yeah. free. Last year yeah. was in Vegas; you go to Vegas for free. I get it.
1: Yeah, and if you're if you're mega rich, you could just plan something to spend eighty eight k on. Take your True. family out, like do something True. nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't know. You could but, probably spend eighty eight k
0: get the whole family to Disneyland for like a day. <laughs>
1: is disneyland really that expensive no i don't know I've never been uh um,
0: oh, okay so i do want to talk about injury compensation as well uh that's part of the cba so <laughs> this is insane um so they have an example of uh serious injuries in the cba and these these are the examples so it says um such as a torn acl loss of sight in one eye Cancer that manifests during Pro Bowl week and is diagnosed within a month except skin cancer or a heart attack caused by physical exertion while participating in covered events during Pro Bowl week could receive a lump sum payment of $1 million. If they tear certain ligaments or tendons in their arms or legs or suffer a fractured foot that requires surgery, the player could receive... $500,000 500000 in compensation. Um, players who were injured during Pro Bowl week and can't participate uh, will still qualify for their payout based on their team's win or loss. I just want to know why they actually had to like specifically be like, if you get cancer and it shows up during the Pro Bowl, um, we do have to pay you a million
1: dollars. That's crazy. <Sure. laughs> has has that ever happened before i doubt it i i just don't know where else they would and come also, up with like, that unless
0: I, i'm not a doctor how do you know when it started how do you know when it manifested
1: yeah That seems like i don't know you kind of like i don't know you just think of times where it could have i i don't but even then yeah i, I don't, don't get, get that.
0: it <laughs> I, I, don't I have know. no idea <laughs> um
1: a millie though
0: Let's see, anything else? Uh,
1: I'll twist my knee for a (laughs) million (laughs) dollars. So the idea
0: as well is, as this collective bargaining agreement goes on, I think this one's agreed to through 2030, um, the Pro Bowl compensation will continue to go up. So the winning side uh, by 2030 will be receiving 116,000 and the losing side, 58,000. So, you know, over the next you know few years a compensation goes up maybe it seems more worth it maybe inflation just follows that and it doesn't uh but yeah. i just i don't i don't know man it's my problem with this format of the pro bowl is that it's not entertaining in to watch on tv that's my issue with it like yeah Thank i'm you. probably going to get done recording this eat dinner and watch the pro bowl in the background of whatever I'm actually doing that I care about. Um <laughs> And I'm not going to know that really anything happened until I go on Twitter the next morning and I see every single thing that happened. Literally everything is made so that they can make a social media post about it, which once yeah. again, I understand. It just doesn't feel right. Like I- I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and watch twenty minutes of NFL players playing dodgeball to then go on my phone right after and be like, oh wow, that was pretty cool. Lamar Jackson got Dexter Lawrence out. I don't even know if Dexter Lawrence is a pro bowler this year. That was his first name that came to my mind. So like I, I don't <laughs> wow I don't know why anybody needs to see that. I would love to see, oh man. Tom Brady just got lit the fuck up in the Pro Bowl. Like that's a cool moment to see on social media. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't yeah. really care who got out in in dodgeball. I don't really care who hit all the targets in the precision passing event. It, it, and I'm going to see it on social media and I'm going to just swipe right past it. Like I I can't imagine they're getting crazy good interaction on Pro Bowl games on the, on, on social media.
1: Yeah. You know what they should do? They they should bring back the, like our era of quarterbacks and have them do a precision passing, have like Eli, Peyton, Roethlisberger, Ryan, Brady, Rogers, have them do it. Well, Rogers is still playing. Philip rivers. Yeah. Philip rivers. I, I think that that's also another thing is, you know, a lot of players in in today's game opt out and yeah. you know, you end up having kind of like, yeah, i actually would like players. to talk about
0: that as well. Uh, I'm going to pull up the pro bowl roster. Um, When I was looking the other day, a lot – almost every single position has somebody replacing someone. Um, So, like, on the AFC side, um, uh, two of the quarterbacks aren't playing. Uh, I believe it's – so Patrick Mahomes because he's in the Super Bowl. And then um, I'm pretty sure Lamar Jackson is not going to play. So Tua will be there. And then uh, CJ Stroud and Gardner Minshew are the two replacements. Um, you have actually not too many guys sitting out on the AFC side, at least the big names. Uh, obviously, Travis Kelsey is going to miss it. Evan Ingram replaces him. Um, it seems like on the AFC side, a lot of this is um, is just because players are playing in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, the the... First one I'm seeing now, Khalil Mack isn't playing. Um, So Jermaine Johnson of the New York Jets is going to replace him. Uh, Yeah, that's the only one. I know I saw a lot of them on the NFC side, though. I think all three quarterbacks from the NFC aren't participating. Yes, uh, Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, and Matthew Stafford are all not playing and being replaced by Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield, and Geno Smith.
1: Okay, but at least it's not like Derek Carr, Tyler Huntley, like those are all quarterbacks that are respectable.
0: Yeah, yeah. last year it was better. it was Derek Carr, Tyler Huntley, and Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> and they were supposed yeah. to be replacing Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, and then uh, obviously McCaffrey's not playing, check's not playing, um, but like Mike Evans isn't playing, AJ Brown's not playing. That gave Amon Ross St. Brown and DK Metcalf a spot, which I don't mind. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, Zach Martin isn't playing. Obviously, like that, you know, isn't a big deal, but it's like y- you guys didn't even make the NFC championship, let alone the Super Bowl. At least you could do is yeah. go. Uh, but yeah, he's actually getting his replaced. Replacing him. Yeah, he's getting <laughs> replaced by his teammate, which is kind of cool, Tyler Smith. Um, and then. Uh, for the most part, the rest of them are just um, replacements because of the playoff. Uh, other than uh, Jalen Reeves-Maben, uh, the special teamer for Detroit, won't be playing. Maybe he got hurt, uh, and Nick Ballore will replace him. But, yeah, it just it doesn't have the appeal. And, and there's going to be guys that literally are on that team, are starters, and maybe participate in one thing between Thursday and Sunday. Yeah, yep. That's where I see the issue because, like, obviously it was, like, a big deal to be a Pro Bowl starter. It's more than just, like, something to say or, like, a a statistic, you know, down the road. You actually started in the game.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like,
0: you can't start everybody in seven-on-seven flag football.
1: Yeah. No, and I mean, like, uh, that that's a good point is like making a Pro Bowl, you know, at the at the end of the day, when people look back at your career, when you've retired and, in, and you haven't won a Super Bowl, people are going to look at Pro Bowls. Like yeah. probably the next thing they're going to look at. Kirk Cousins,
0: four time Pro Bowler.
1: Yeah. Why did you say that? <laughs> because that's one of those
0: guys that it's like, like. I think he was a three-time Pro Bowler as of, like, two years ago before he, like, really started, like, getting good and, like, actually having attention for his game and not for being average. Um, And people are like, how is this guy a three-time Pro Bowler? Well, he replaced quarterbacks every year.
1: (laughs) Oh, you're talking about, like, replacements. Oh, almost every time.
0: I think every time, actually. He's either been – he's never been the starter. He's either been a replacement or a backup.
1: So – for whoever he replaces, does it technically still count that they made the Pro Bowl as yep. well? Yeah. So the roster just fluctuates. Yeah, it it's infinite, technically. Necessarily. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great job, NFL. Yeah. yeah way, way to make the Pro Bowl something to cheer about.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, I, I think that's enough. Damn. And anything else uh, that you have to say about the Pro Bowl?
1: Uh, You know, just kind of looking at the rosters, it – it might be more entertaining this year. That's Maybe. all I have to say. But like, it looks like, where a lot is of that entertainment are... going to
0: come from? Uh, yeah,
1: I <laughs>
0: See, that's that's where I that's where my issue is. Is like, sure, I I would love to watch that roster play a football game. Unfortunately, they aren't, and <laughs> I'm like, I don't I don't care about somebody's going to catch a ball on a roller coaster at Disney, and. We're supposed to care, I guess. Um, when we watch that video aired on T V. Um and I guess that's gonna be the best catch. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> I, I, I I can't find where the entertainment is outside of like seeing NFL players that I root for do things that I wouldn't typically see them do. Yeah. That's the only place that I'm I'm finding so like, yeah maybe it is going to be pretty entertaining to watch the the guys play golf and try and get closest to the pin. Last year, yeah. it definitely wasn't. Um, but if I hadn't watched it last year, then I wouldn't know that, and I'd go into it being like, yeah, it might be cool to watch them swing a golf club five times and then go to the next guy. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's – um. It's interesting to say the least. I I hope that it continues to evolve over the years. Cause like I I don't yeah I don't hate the concept. I just think the execution is poor.
1: Yeah, I I almost wonder like what they could do differently. Cause I I don't think adding newer, cooler events would make it better. I, no, you know, I feel I, like that's kind of going backwards. I'm gonna be
0: honest. Just just give us a game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It just give me a chance to at least at least see the whole team on the field, like all the starters on the field. Yeah. Even if it's like like they they make a 2-minute drill thing where it's like 25-yard line first team versus first team 2-minute drill score it like score a touchdown. Like that yeah. would be interesting. But like I don't what the fuck is Trent Williams gonna I get, okay, Trent Williams isn't <laughs> participating. What the fuck is Chris Lindstrom gonna do at all? Is he gonna I play dodgeball?
1: The, lineman, and, the <laughs> lineman had a lot of success in the the one where you have to catch the Yeah, that's uh, true. Most of that's footballs.
0: true. Yeah, they the they do well at that. Down. And they they do have an offensive defensive line thing, the I can't even remember what the hell it was called. Um uh, move the chains, was the offensive and yeah. defensive lineman. But it's just like, dude, come on. Like, I don't actually get to see the players I root for do anything is where my issue is.
1: Yeah. They're not doing it what it on, I root
0: on them to do.
1: Yeah, you get to see it on Wikipedia after they've retired <laughs> when you want to know how many Pro Bowls they yeah, went to. exactly. But, you know, hopefully – it's 2024 this year. Hopefully with the CBA maybe in like 5 or 6 years we'll, you know, once that money increases, we'll start to see more people, who knows. Maybe. Um probably not. <laughs> yeah, well like also a
0: big thing is is like last year all of the AFC quarterbacks, I didn't blame them for not participating cuz it was like Herbert would have been a replacement. He got surgery, Burrow got surgery, Josh Allen got surgery and Patrick Mahomes is playing in the Super Bowl, there wasn't many guys after them to choose from. So it just happens. And I don't blame these guys for not wanting to do it. Look, everybody except the two teams in the Super Bowl, your season's over by this point. You probably don't want to go out and play football. And I, I think it's just weird that every other sport does it in the middle of the season yeah and i i understand why the nfl does it at the end because why would you just take a week out of everybody's schedule to do the pro bowl in like week nine
1: <laughs> yeah
0: and obviously if they just played a game people would get hurt it'd be an issue all that but i i just yeah I, i'm i digress um I'm done yeah, with the Pro I'm, Bowl. I'm
1: signing, <laughs> I'm signing this bill in during spring training for NFL players. That is when they will travel, and it will go off of the year prior. So if they made the Pro Bowl in 2023, spring, tra- spring training 2024 is when the Pro Bowl should be. I-, I think they should actually maybe do it at the beginning of the season.
0: That would be interesting.
1: Instead. I, and of course, like I, you know, players could get hurt then. And honestly, then it might be more crucial than ever. But, you know, just take them out of spring training. All, all the players that are going to be at the Pro Bowl aren't even the ones who necessarily have to yeah. report to spring training. Yeah, like, uh, on, what's it on called? Top uh, of that,
0: voluntary OTAs and stuff?
1: Yes. And, and on yeah. top of that, um, maybe they could, maybe it would promote the, you know, coming season just a little bit better. Maybe. have a little fun before you get into it. I don't know, but
0: yeah, I, I, I have no ideas. <laughs> I, I would love to have given an idea. I don't have one. Let's go ahead and talk about baseball, a sport that actually knows how to do an all-star game and they do it Thank right. God. I got to say they do it right. Um,
1: Dude, baseball all-star weekend is amazing. Oh, it's the best. Amazing. It is the best
0: because it. <laughs> it's so simple. It's just home run derby, red carpet, or sorry, red carpet home run derby game. It's that easy. <laughs> I don't have to yep. watch the fucking uh I don't even know the pitcher skills competition. I I, <laughs> I don't need to watch that. Um yeah. so what I do need to watch though is some of these guys hit because this list of DHs uh, gotta be, what it, this might just be the list of my five favorite players to watch play baseball. <laughs> <laughs> it is a phenomenal list. And, um, Luke, I'm going to let you get it started.
1: Okay. Um, at number five, I took Bryce Harper. Um, he made his way down my list mainly because I think of the injury time that he missed. Um, but, um, Nonetheless, still a good season. I want to say that he returned early from that um, injury as well, um, which was even you know more amazing. I think he was he back before or after All Star Weekend or something like that.
0: He played quite a few games, and I think he got hurt last season. Yeah. So yeah, something like that. Yeah, he played uh, a 126 games. So.
1: Yeah, there you go. But, I mean, anyway, Bryce Harper is uh, absolutely fantastic. On baseball savant, batting run value, 98th percentile. I, basically, I've just learned to read that that means that you're one of the best yep. offensive players in the MLB. Um, all of his, like, you know, sweet spot, hard hit, barrel um, barrel rate, average, velo- or average exit velocity, expected slugging, expected batting average, and expected WOBA are all pretty much – exactly where you want him to, you know, be one of the best baseball players in the league. I think average exit velocity is his lowest there, but it's at 88th percentile. The rest are in the 90s. Um, Almost batted 300, 401 OBP, uh, almost 500 slugging, and a 900 OPS. uh, Would have liked to have probably seen more home runs, but then again, you know, he was, he did miss some time this season, but uh, he was absolutely fantastic, and he You know, coming back early from a really, really bad injury, and it just seemed to only motivate him more, honestly. Um, He had a really, really awesome season. He was fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree. Um, I went elsewhere with number five. JD Martinez is my number five. This is the 13th season of his career, he's 36 years old. To still be in the 99th percentile for barrel rate, the 98th percentile for hard hit rate, the 97th percentile for average exit velocity is absolutely insane. For me, he comes in at five because he has declined over the years, especially from a contact standpoint. From 2016 to 2019, he hit 300 every year. Every one of those years, he was a qualified hitter and he hit over 300. And excluding 2020, his batting average is at its lowest since 2013. So, obviously, I don't... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 271 is not bad at all for a DH. But I'm saying, from a contact standpoint, he's certainly gotten a little bit worse. And he had a career-high strikeout percentage at 31.1. That certainly didn't help either. Um, But, you know, he's been good. Um, He just hasn't been great and in the the decline is certainly creeping up on him so he came in at five uh, also i did a fun fact for all of these guys uh just because i got into a baseball savant hole uh for all of them so uh fun fact for jd martinez he had a stat cast era career high so since 2016 in mostly gone home runs uh which is 30 he had 36 mostly gone home runs which means it would be a home run in anywhere from eight to 29 ballparks, but not all 30. Um, and he actually had a career low in no doubter percentage, which is the percentage of home runs he hit that would be a home run in all 30 ballparks.
1: What the fuck? <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> How do you do that? Couldn't well, tell you. That's. <laughs> That's a perfect segue, because uh, at number four, I had J.D. Martinez. I had him a little bit higher than Bryce, yeah. um, just because his hard stats were better. We have more home runs at 33, more RBI at 103, um, and yeah, just higher, uh, well, actually, no, not higher, higher slugging. Um, and that was it there for J.D. Martinez. So yeah, I don't know. I just valued the home runs in RBI uh, more than I valued... Uh, bryce harper's here um yeah bryce harper statistically is probably a better hitter but it's not like it's that far off between these two especially you know talking about last season i mean jd martinez's baseball savant is uh let's just say red yeah. for all you people that use baseball savant out there he is a mostly red player um and his uh batting run value percentile is only two percentile lower than bryce harper's um So like I said, here I'm just valuing the home runs RBI a little bit more than I valued Bryce Harper's, so I took J.D. Martinez at four.
0: All right, yeah, at four, I have Bryce Harper. And honestly, you know, for being Bryce Harper's first year qualifying as a DH, it's probably nice to be in the top five, uh, let alone at four for me. Uh, It was obvious, though, that the injury was an issue this season. Nonetheless, he is still Bryce Harper, and the advanced stats – certainly swayed in his favor. Uh, His ex-WOBA, expected batting average, and expected slugging, all 94th percentile and above. Barrel rate in the 93rd percentile. And a stat that not many people give Bryce Harper credit for, his walk rate was in the 96th percentile. And this is actually his ninth season of his career out of 11 that he's had a 12%-plus Walk rate, I think this year it was somewhere in the 14s, uh, possibly the 13s. Um, he had a phenomenal year, and his eye at the plate is amazing, and not a lot of people talk about it. The counting numbers don't quite fall in his favor um, because of that injury, but 21 home runs, 72 RBIs with a hurt elbow is pretty amazing. Um, and uh, the elbow did not stop him from being top three in max exit low with a 115.7 as his hardest hit ball. And actually, since 2017, Bryce Harper has not had an ex-Wobacon, I'll explain, expected weighted on-base average on contact. Um, He has not had an ex-Wobacon outside of the top 8% of the league since 2017. This year, he was top 4% in the league. And um, it's pretty much just a stat. That is about a player's ability to get on base when they make contact um, and kind of where they're putting the ball. Uh, but my fun fact for Bryce Harper, he had an expected home runs of 25.6 in 2023 and he hit 26 home runs. Wow. Yep. Almost perfect.
1: Um, yeah. I, I noticed that looking at his baseball savant too. I didn't realize that he walked so much. He really yeah. is never talked about for walking, but um, yeah, Bryce Harper's fantastic. Um at number 3, I am taking Osuna from the Braves. This is yes. this man, I don't I don't get it. I I don't know whether he's a bad baseball player or a good baseball player honestly because I watch him 162
0: just... times a year. I watch the Braves 162 times a year. I watched him play like what, like 140 something games this year. I couldn't tell you why he's so good or that he's good. <laughs> But then you go back and look at the stats, and they certainly tell you.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, exactly. Um, Ozuna is nothing to be scoffed at. Um, Adding run value, he's actually in the 90th percentile, which uh, just, you know, he's great in the batter's box. Fantastic. Uh, A 40 home run season, he was one of – one of 120 Braves that did that this year so maybe that's not that <laughs> impressive but uh 100 RBI as well um a 346 OBP is solid um he has the highest slugging on my list so far at a uh, 558 so higher than JD and Bryce Harper a higher OB, uh, OPS than both of them and a higher batting average or no not a higher batting average than Bryce Harper but a higher no. batting average than JD Martinez yeah, I mean Marcelo Zuna is uh, fantastic. And, you know, going back to look at what I said deeper is, you know, there there's just so many so many memes about him and, you know, he gets in trouble a little bit too or he has yeah. gotten in trouble in the past and, you know, we've seen like everybody knows the fielding clip where he hops on the wall, decides like he lo- looks like a little cat. Like he hops on the wall, decides it's not a good idea and just kind of falls. But this guy I, it really is, honestly, the real deal as a designated hitter. Um, any team in the MLB would be lucky to have him. But my my issue with Ozuna though is he just from what I have noticed with him, it seems like he's either really cold or just yeah killing people. Yeah, I, there's really no in between for him. Yeah, he so,
0: likes to, he likes I, to tease everybody for like the first month.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I'll let you take it over. Marcelo Zuna was my number
0: three. Yeah, and of course he's my number three as well. Like, if you told me one month into the season that I would be putting Marcelo Zuna at third of the best (laughs) DHs in the league this season, I would assume that every other DH in the league retired and Shohei had already passed him in home runs by the time he retired. Um, But yeah, look, Marcelo Zuna physically cannot throw a baseball correctly. (laughs) He's simply not built to pick his arm up and throw normally. Uh, thank God the entire league adopted the DH because this guy can hit the fuck out of the ball. Um, yeah. And he had one of the best seasons of his career. Obviously, uh, I believe it was 2016, his last season with the Marlins, whichever year that was, was a ridiculous year for him. But if you exclude 2020, he had the best slugging uh, of his career at 558, the most home runs in a season for himself with 40 the second-most total bases in a season, second-most RBIs, second-most doubles, and the second-most runs scored for him in his entire career. He was in the 96th percentile for X-WOBA, 98th percentile for expected slugging, 96th percentile for barrel rate, and to close it out with a fun fact, he's never been outside the top 7% in max exit VLO in the StatCast era.
1: Damn.
0: So, yeah, Marcelo Zuna.
1: Yeah, you know, and on on top of this, like he he made a, he made a solid three on both of our lists, and I I don't know if you would agree with me, but like, other than right field, and maybe even more so than right field, this is like by far the most talented list we have. Certainly, as far as batting goes, and Marcelo Zuna is here, which yeah. uh, that just speaks a lot to yeah,
0: him. first base um, probably uh a pretty good one as well that we did. That list was pretty loaded. yeah,
1: first base as well, um. Yeah, number two, this is when it kind of gets uh, stupid easy. Uh, yeah. Jordan Alvarez, obviously. Uh, 31 home runs, 97 RBI, 407 OBP, 583 slugging, 990 OPS. He's right there close to 1,000, then 293 batting average. Um, his batting run value was in the 98th percentile, which means there's like one and a half players better than he is. And one of those players may have made my number one. Um his expected WOBA, batting average, slugging, average exit velo, barrel rate, and hard hit rate are all in the 96th percentile or above. He just, um, he's just fucking ridiculous. Yeah. That's, that's all I got to say. Jordan, easily one of my favorite players in the league. I wish he played for a different team. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> me too, but I've gotten the best of him before. Um, he's the second on my list as well. It's actually insane that he put up the numbers that he did in only 114 games. Him and JD played the exact same amount of games this season. Um, And I guess you could call this a down year for Jordan Alvarez if you look at last year. I guess, you know, an up year is third in MVP voting, a down year is 13th in MVP voting in the AL. And he's also the second best DH in the league on a down year. Uh, The most amazing part of his stat line to me is that he's a hard hitting DH that has a 13.9% walk percentage and an 18.5% K percentage. I'm pretty sure he's the only guy on my list that's under a 20% strikeout percentage, and his entire career, people have just been talking about all he can do is hit for power. He doesn't strike out, though. (laughs) That's the amazing part about him, is he doesn't strike out, and obviously I don't need to go down the baseball savant stats. They kind of speak for themselves, but to reiterate, 98th percentile in batting run value is absurd for a designated hitter. These guys aren't supposed to hit for contact. These guys aren't supposed to hit, like, you know, anywhere close to 300. And they're not supposed to do the things that we don't expect them. They're supposed to swing and miss, they're supposed to chase, they're supposed to whiff. They don't, or at least Jordan Alvarez doesn't. Uh, and uh, yeah. fun fact, if he played every game this past season at Great American Ballpark, he would have an expected home runs of 47, which is 10 more than he had.
1: Yeah, and two <laughs> two more crazy things that I want to add just listening to you talk and looking at baseball savant is uh, 2022 was probably a better season for him. Yeah. And he still is crazy in 2023. He's also 26 years old.
0: Yeah, this is like his Bro, third actual season in the MLB.
1: If he is a DH at 26 years old, he's going to play till he's 47. Yeah. And we're all going to look back when he retires and be like, this is unlike anything I've ever seen before. Jordan yeah. Alvarez is ridiculous. Yeah, just wait till this is
0: statistically the worst year of his career. I know. <laughs>
1: i mean like like i'm i'm right like this guy looks like he's probably gonna be like michael jordan by the time he's done
0: he's gonna be he's gonna be like nelson cruz (laughs) nelson cruz was essentially always in the al for the majority of his career because he wanted to play dh and he just kept hitting home runs for such a long time that eventually he just like over time, it's like holy shit, he hit that many home runs. <laughs> that's just so, that's just what he does.
1: I don't know a lot about Nelson Cruz's prime, but did it look anything like this? Uh,
0: not from a contact, um, point of view. He was still striking out for sure, but like he had seasons where he hit three hundred and and above multiple times. Um, yeah. you know, he he had a career batting average of two seventy four, and you know a couple of years when he was pretty young kind of tanked that um but in a lot of the seasons where he hit like where he played a lot of games he had a good batting average 2009 or sorry 2010 in Texas when he was 29 years old already he batted 318 with a 374 on base 2019 which not long ago in Minnesota he batted 311 In 521 plate appearances over 120 games, and he was ninth in MVP voting. 2020, the COVID season, he batted 303 and was 6th in MVP voting at the age of
1: 39. Why don't I remember that?
0: Like, he didn't even have a prime. His whole career was his prime. (laughs) Yeah. Like, literally, like, he was an All-Star in 2009, and he was an All-Star in 2021.
1: That's pretty ridiculous.
0: That's <laughs> and in between, he finished top ten in MVP six or five times. <laughs>
1: God, it's crazy. Baseball players are amazing, man. Um, it is crazy.
0: But back to right, the DHs that are actually one? playing. Uh, yeah, let, let's talk about Shohei Ohtani. This guy's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Um, I'll start out. Um, so this was another guy that, you know, picked himself a little boo boo mid season as well, but it doesn't matter. Um, 20 stolen bases as a DH, uh, completely just throws everybody on this list up in there and just guns them down. Uh, like no one, no one did 20 stolen bases. And what's crazy here is, you know, we were talking about Bryce Young, uh, Bryce Young, uh, (laughs) Bryce Harper's, uh, oh gosh, I'm getting the giggles. We were talking about Bryce Young's, um, expected Walker. Uh, no, it was, it was walk percentage. Yeah. And that was amazing. But to me, I didn't realize that Shohei Otani was going to be valued at 88th percentile in base running. Yeah. Which makes him even more unstoppable but um yeah forty four home runs ninety five r b i twenty stolen bases like i mentioned uh and just to get into you know the more um the other kind of batting stats here three oh four batting average uh four twelve o b p six fifty four slugging and a one point zero six six o p s um and another very red baseball savant um hundred percentile and barrel rate um, yeah which you don't see many a hundred percentiles on baseball savant. So that's already amazing as it is. And then average exit velo and slugging are in the 99th percentile along with expected Woba. Um, and his walk rate, he uh, probably up there with Soto and Bryce Harper within 98th percentile. Yeah. This guy, um, can do it all. And we haven't even mentioned his pitching. <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. Ridiculous.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Second time winning an MVP, um, He's just insane. Like he he really is just an absurd player to be able to watch. Uh you know, last year he missed out on the MVP because Aaron Judge broke a record that's literally not even a record anymore because the divisions do the same or the the two leagues do the same thing, so we really shouldn't have split records for you know, leagues whatever. Uh I'm just trying to shit on Aaron Judge. Uh, but still, Joey Otani, his second uh, MVP season, um, he's only played six years in this league, and one of them he won Rookie of the Year. Um, and looking at his baseball savant page, as a colorblind man, I'm teaching myself what red looks like looking at his baseball savant. And I think I could recognize it now. Um, you're not going to find many players that are 99th percentile or higher in four stats. That's absurd you don't see that ever um you had a 15.2% or uh yeah 15.2 walk rate insane and then the 44 home runs 95 RBIs with a bunch of shit bags and an injured mike trout on his team 95 RBIs obviously the 20 stolen basis is ridiculous a 304 average a 654 slugging that led the mlb he led the MLB with a 1.0 or uh, a 1066 OPS. He led the MLB with a 184 OPS plus. The guy is absurd. My fun fact for Shohei Otani he also hit a ball 493 feet this season. Um, that's insane. And Ow. on top of that, he also had the 200th fastest average home run trot in the league with 24.08 seconds. So. One of the slowest home run shots uh, on average Coolest. in the MLB this season. Really taking his time Damn. around the bases.
1: Yeah, man. I, if I was a pitcher, I'd tell him to get those six four legs going.
0: Yeah. I'm sure Madison Bumgarner would.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, Loser. Yeah, he definitely would. <laughs> definitely would. Um, Yeah. I, what a list, man. Yeah. Uh, this one is a very easy very list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to say
0: a very simple yeah. list. Uh any honorable mentions? I got one.
1: Um No, I I honestly like I couldn't think of any other yeah. DHs.
0: Like this guy wasn't even in contention for 5th, but he had a great season. I got to shout him House out. Warver? Uh no. Uh Brent Rooker uh, of the uh Oakland Athletics. Oh, okay. Very underrated season, a great like first half all-star. Um yeah, great yeah. season for Brent Rooker. But yeah, that's yeah. about it for uh the DHs. So, um yeah, we're we're 20 days away from watching an actual baseball game. And how amazing is that? Wait. That is that can't is exactly what I want to hear. 3 weeks away from a damn baseball game. Um It re-
1: it feels like it ended a week ago.
0: Dude, I know. <laughs> and like think about all we have left now. Next week we're doing our top 5 closers. Uh we're not going to yep. do middle relievers. I don't really care to get. If you want to put a middle reliever, we'll just make it relief pitchers next week. Okay. Top 5 relief pitchers and then um that'll also be our Super Bowl preview. And then once the Super Bowl's done, that opens the door for our top 10 starting pitchers uh the week after. So that one's going to be fun and then um and then it's baseball time, just <laughs> damn near. Um, yeah, it will be right around the corner from spring training. Um, and uh, it'll all be getting started. I can't wait.
1: Yeah, I know it's gonna be fantastic.
0: All right, well, let's get into something that is over the halfway point. We totally forgot to do a table check in, uh, at the halfway point, like I had promised, but we'll deal with it later. Uh, For now, <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about the Premier League. This weekend, we get back on the regular schedule. No more fucking shitty-ass weekday games like we had all week. Uh, they weren't shitty. There were some good matches. Um, But we're back to essentially Saturday, Sunday, Monday, every week. It's awesome. I love it. Um, That's how all sports should be done except baseball. It should just be on the weekends because I want time to see them. Um Look, it looks like you are in a cave right now. <laughs> just you, though. You, the rest of your background has light. It's just you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Ready?
0: Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Put the spotlight on him. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, there's actually a match going on right now. Man United's beating Wolves two nil uh, in the sixty third minute. But let's talk about the games United. that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Angry Ginge. Yeah, I love um, that guy. <laughs> let's talk about some games that kind of matter. Brighton versus Crystal Palace doesn't really matter, but I want to talk about it because um, I want to talk about Crystal Palace's situation right now. So they sit in 14th place. They're coming off a win against Sheffield United, where they played great, and the um, the performances by uh, Michael Elise, uh in the past couple of games they've played have been ridiculous. But the big thing is that Roy Hodgson is still their manager somehow. Um, and <laughs> the fans have certainly um, – they're ready for him to go. They've called for his firing. Uh, we're getting signs at the games, everything. They're they are pulling out all the stops so that that ownership will fire Roy Hodgson. Um, they sit in 14th place, which is not good. A negative 11 goal differential – Things obviously need to change in, in Crystal Palace. You know, not much of a winning culture, uh, but a, a team that would like to stay in the Prem because they have uh, they've held their place for a couple of years now. And um, to me, Crystal Palace has always been a, a lower, like middle of the bottom of the table kind of team, and, and those kind of guys are essential. Your Fulham's, your Crystal Palace, like those yeah. kind of teams that just stick around up there. Maybe they'll drop for a <laughs> year, come back up. Those are the teams you need, and that used yeah. to be, ideally, that was Southampton every single year. <laughs> yeah, they went down. Now Everton's about to go down. Which Everton, you know, every now and then they make a run at the top, but um, not the top, top like a run at like ninth, um.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> But Crystal Palace, to me, the the young talent that they have year in and year out is ridiculous. You have Michael Elise, of course, right now, and and you have Eberechi Ezzi who is electric to watch. Um, it's just so many guys. I can't even go down the entire list of the guys that they have on that team that are just extremely entertaining to watch. But just looking over the years, they have so many players – um that have been entertaining you know the likes of you know Aaron Wan-Bissaka when he was at Crystal Palace oh my god he was amazing um but yeah like on that Yannick team Bilassi? yeah yeah Yannick Polassi was electric at Crystal yeah. Palace um and there's so many other guys uh you know you have the American Chris Richards who is super fun to watch uh the defender um on this team right now you have uh I'm looking through this list. So many guys. Uh, let's go. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to say his first name. It's Edward. This is his last time. I know that. He's a fun guy to watch. He scored six goals this season in 16 appearances. He's been great. It, so many great young players on this team. And it feels like Roy Hodgson's play style and his tactics are just simply outdated for this good young team.
1: Yeah, I I like that take, because honestly, you know, in last season and this season, we've seen a lot of Premier League teams that we didn't expect have very good seasons, like Brentford, Brighton, um, Aston Villa this year. And, you know, I really thought that um, it could eventually be Crystal Palace's turn, but uh, I guess I really haven't ever thought of their situation before, but they probably are getting held back by a manager, because Crystal Palace, for you know, really, I would say probably uh, three to four years have had decent players on their team, yeah. Just not, you know, really high Premier League finishes to show for it. Only the fact that you've consistently stayed in the Premier League. So, yeah, I kind of like that for them. Um, they they have been a very good draw to young talent from across the world that goes off and plays for some of the bigger teams. But yeah. you know, maybe with this new culture of. Mid-table teams, I guess, just trying to be more competitive. I feel like Crystal Palace should definitely be in that uh, mix with them. But they're just not right now.
0: Yeah, and it's going to take a change. Uh, But the side that they go up against this weekend, Brighton, they are kind of that. They used to be middle of the table. Now they're trying to compete for something more, but they seem to have been slipping. They're now in their last five. Um, They've had three draws, one win, one loss. Um, Talk
1: about the Luton Town game. I just need
0: you to mention. Yeah, 4-0 to Luton Town. Oh, man. That's so bad. So bad. Um, But I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because when I saw that result the first time, I was just (laughs) amazed. Um, Nonetheless, you look at the teams. Of course, Brighton's team looks the best on paper. um, But you have to take into account the form and Crystal Palace hasn't been horrible. They've gotten more points in their last five than Brighton and um, you know, seem to be trying to make a little bit of a surge up the table. They passed Brentford uh, in points with that win uh, just the other day against Sheffield United. They genuinely have a chance. Fulham, Bournemouth uh, are both in striking distance right ahead of them on uh, 13th and 12th. They could start making a push. But something has to change. Uh, Roy Hodgson's simply not cutting it. His play style is extremely outdated for the players that he has. These great young, fast, versatile players. Uh, he, you know, they need somebody in there that can actually make tactics for that kind of play, and they just don't. Um, but they come up against a Brighton side that's certainly slipping. Bad result after Very bad injured. result. Very injured, Very for injured. sure. Uh, missing, you know, Solly March uh, due to come back in a few days. Same goes for um, Kairu Matoma, who I think sustained an injury uh, in the Asia Cup. Julio and Ciso still out. Joel Veltman uh, still going to miss a few more weeks, I think. And then uh, Ansu Fati, it just says his injury is unknown. I don't know if you have any insight on that, but um, I guess he's not going to be in the lineup either. Look, well, the way I talked that, to him um, yesterday. Yeah, thanks.
1: <laughs> uh, I have no idea
0: yeah uh, I'm not sure um, but like I'm look my, my problem with how Brighton has lined up recently it, it's first of all very clear they're missing the guys that left this offseason Caicedo and McAllister essentially gave this team life uh, when you looked at them on paper for sure and, and I'm not saying that you know, Pascal Gross isn't doing a good job in the midfield, um, or even Billy Gilmore for that matter, the the young Scottish player. But it's the other guys. It's it's Danny Welbeck who, who's not performing, and and fucking James Milner, not performing. Uh, and then you know you you lose out on Robert Sanchez, and and you kind of get stuck um, in a in a bad spot at keeper uh, with his departure. And Jason Steele is simply horrible as a goalkeeper. <laughs> and obviously yeah. he is because he gave up four goals to Lutontown, um, including a hat trick from Elijah Adebayo. Uh, but, yeah, like I, I'm not going to fully base my prediction off of what happened this past week at Lutontown. It's certainly going to play a factor. It's not the biggest factor. I still think Brighton's the better team. I just think the Crystal Palace is actually playing for something, and uh, I'm going to go 1-1 one, one draw.
1: Okay. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Brighton should start Adam Lallana instead of Billy Gilmore here. Um, I Great. would like to see that happen. Um, let me get it pulled back up here because I was looking at Adam Lalana stats. Um I think I'm going to take Crystal Palace one 0 Actually, I I don't like this. Uh, this I almost said Aston Villa. I don't like this Brighton side at all. Um, Danny Welbeck just doesn't look good. Uh, yeah. Pedro can't really make up for the fact that Danny Welbeck D- Danny Welbeck doesn't look good. And you know, kind of with what we talked about earlier, they're just too injured right now. And um, I feel like Crystal Palace are just going to outplay him one nil. All
0: right. Well, then uh, let's get into the next game: Manchester United versus West Ham. Um, sorry, versus West Ham. Um, it's on Sunday. Manchester United's weird. I- I'm getting reports of like Marcus Rashford not having the best, uh, like not being viewed very well in the locker room at the moment. Um, apparently people are kind of th- starting to turn on him. They're saying he's being a little selfish. He has been, um, you know, over the past couple months, you know, kind of getting into this season, very interesting turn of events. Uh, Obviously, their shit captain doesn't know how to rally the team, uh, (laughs) which we've gone on and on about how bad Bruno Fernandez is as the captain of that team. Uh, But nonetheless, they are getting some results. A a 4-3 win uh, today. Or sorry, I thought it was, I thought they just finished. Did they not just finish this match? Or they still no, playing over. right now?
1: They, it, they just finished, I believe.
0: And it ended 4-3? Or is it just messed up? Yeah, okay, it's just messed up. The, the Premier League's website's messed up. Very confused. No, I'm
1: seeing 4-3 as well. Is it actually
0: 4-3? Did we not just talk about how it was like 2-0? <laughs> I
1: thought you said it was um something else. I thought, did you say it was 2-0?
0: I'm pretty sure it was 2-0. It was, (laughs) and it didn't end 2-0. You had uh, a goal from uh, from Kilman in the 85th, a goal from Pedro Neto in the 90th plus 5 to tie the match at 3, and then Kobe Maynou scoring in the 90th plus 7 to get the win. Holy shit. Uh, You did have goals from Marcus Rashford, Rasmus Hoylun, and Scott McTominay, somehow the three, like, Key contributors uh, in the goal scoring this season, despite the fact that Hoyland hasn't done much. He had an assist and a goal in this game. Um, Well, that certainly makes me feel better um, for Manchester United's (laughs) chances (laughs) in this one. That's a crazy (laughs) performance. Uh, But nonetheless, uh, West Ham, I thought they were going to have a promising transfer window. Uh, They simply didn't. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about it soon. But uh Ben-Rama is gone. He's uh, off to Lyon, so you lose another player there. Um obviously the summer transfer window was fantastic for them. But when you look at the last 5 um you know at least in the Premier League um a little bit of a struggle for Man or for West Ham, sorry. Uh, three straight draws and Not with the best teams. Obviously, a a draw against Brighton is fine at 0-0, but a 2-2 draw with uh, Sheffield, a a 1-1 draw with Bournemouth, not good, considering they're coming off of a 2-0 win against this Manchester United team back in December and a 2-0 win over Arsenal back in December. And since 2024, they simply cannot get better than a draw. But for Manchester United, I I think it's just a matter of goal-scoring ability um you know are the goal scorers going to come out because their results have been weird you have this 4-3 win from today which is uh, fantastic but a 2-2 draw with Tottenham a 2-1 loss to Nottingham Forest of all teams but then you have a great goal scoring day against Aston Villa you get that win 3-2 there is a pattern here though in their last 5 they haven't given up less than 2 goals
1: damn
0: that's a problem is it united yeah that is a big, big problem for for any team. But for Manchester United, who... Okay, look, they went out and they made a move and they got Andre Onana. Obviously, we now know that wasn't the best pickup. You spend a lot of money on this defense. You shouldn't yep. be giving up two goals at least every game. That's a problem.
1: Yeah, I... I... I completely agree with you. I, I don't necessarily think varon has been the best. No. Um, Casemiro kind of showing a little bit of a decline this year. Um, yeah. and other that, other than that, I think it could just be play style for them, but, um, yeah, you, you don't win games like that, especially if Rasmus Hoyland is your striker.
0: Yeah. And, and then you're
1: really going to need all the help you can get.
0: Exactly. Uh, but they do get the win with the, um, with a lineup that really wasn't that bad, um, today. Um, you know martinez is fantastic Lissandro martinez is a great center back uh and, and garnacho yeah. showed a lot of promise um i i've been saying they needed to put him on the right this whole time um instead of Anthony, who <laughs> got a, a an interesting chant uh, we're not i'm not going to repeat <laughs> what the chant was um yeah <laughs> oh man yeah it was a bad one um Yeah, like, I don't hate this setup, this 4-2-3-1, or, uh, Jesus, (laughs) 4-2-3-1 by them. I like this setup. Uh, Once again, I I don't think it's extremely accurate because Casemiro's never going to just fully play left defensive mid. He likes to play central. He likes to play the ball forward. Kobe Maynou's not typically going to sit that deep and stay on the right side. So, once again, things are going to shift based on how this formation actually looks on here. But... To see Marcus Rashford coming on, you know, coming in this game with all of this shit swirling around him, go out there, score a goal, uh, is fantastic. Obviously, to see Rasmus Hoylund have a great game with a goal and an assist is fantastic because we all know that this guy just needs confidence right now yeah. because the whole first half of this season was just shit on Rasmus Hoylund all time. Mm-hmm. So. You know, when it comes to this game versus West Ham, I I think it's a matter of Manchester United certainly are scoring goals, but they're giving up so many. And the fact that West Ham can just go out and almost guaranteed they're going to score two goals is certainly concerning if you're Manchester United. And I, I just simply don't think, and I know they just scored four goals, still don't think they're a clinical team. Um so I, I'm going to go with West Ham, and I'm going to take him 2-1. Okay.
1: Yeah, I like that. Um, <clears throat> West Ham's last game against Bournemouth, that 1-1 draw, was uh, pretty meh. Uh, yeah. They started Jared Bowen at striker. I've never...
0: Don't like that. Maybe,
1: maybe he's been <laughs> playing. Yeah. I, I don't know where um, Antonio is, or uh, they also have Danny Ings, right? Yeah, they have Danny Ings yeah. as well. Um, Calvin Phillips started in this game. Didn't really play that well. Finished with a six point two rating. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. West Ham were a team that I had a lot of hope for, but I'm not really too sure anymore. I, I would have liked to see them have picked up, like you said, kind of a better striker in January. Yeah. Which I, I feel like for this West Ham team, they didn't need somebody. They didn't need somebody to break the bank at striker. They just needed somebody you know clinical, someone who's better. Agreed. Uh, maybe like a classic Olivier Giroud. I love talking about him. Um, <laughs> He's your go
0: to striker at all times for anyone.
1: Well, his. His consistency is really yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then on the Manchester United side, um, yeah, really a, a good game against Wolves, probably a game that you wouldn't have wanted to keep so close. But, you know, like you said, you have a really good lineup here. Most of the players played well. Really, everybody except Onana Varane and uh, Diego, uh, Diego Dolo, um all having good games. Um, and I just... I, I like the time that they're giving Kobe Maynard. Like, yes. I wonder what he's going to look like in five or six years. Cause he, he has had really bad games, but Manchester United have really trusted this guy. Um, And you know, he hasn't gotten benched when he plays bad and really he hasn't played bad too often um, either, which has been, yeah, fantastic to see Uh, with this game though. I'm actually going to take a two, two draw between United and West Ham. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well then let's get into the final game. We'll go deep on, Arsenal-Liverpool, a historic, historic matchup. The first matchup between these two teams back in 1893, I'm sure we all remember it, um, oh, yeah. in uh, League Two, actually. Um, And the all-time record between these two teams, Liverpool, 95 wins in the matchup. Arsenal, 82 wins, and there's been 64 draws between the two. This one being played at the Emirates on Sunday, Mo Salah's going to miss.
1: <laughs> you think so?
0: Yeah, well, he's not going to be there. Or he's going to be there. He's hurt. Uh, he got hurt. Oh. Hurt his hamstring. Uh, in the Afcon, I believe. Uh, so he's out till mid February. Uh, but that's really the only key injury for Liverpool. Uh, and on Arsenal's side, not very many guys hurt at the moment. Uh, the only guy that's really hurt is Thomas Partey, and then of course you're in Timber, who tore his ACL months ago. Um, but I, this is, is good of the, you know, it's is healthy of lineups outside of Mosala that we could see for these two teams, which is a fantastic sign because it seems like every single week, especially with Arsenal, some key guy is out.
1: Yeah, no, they, they have been very injured Yeah, Like at least one yeah. person, like it's never, never it's never all at once. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's never all at once. Um, no, but this Arsenal team, just on paper, is just um, really one of the better Arsenal teams I've ever seen. I I'd yeah. love Declan Rice being there. Um, Emile Smith-Rowe getting playing time is awesome. Uh, you know, Martin Odegaard, still great. And, you know, Gabriel Jesus at striker just continues to prove himself under that system. He really yeah. just he flourishes well playing uh, striker for Arsenal. Yep. And then it's nice to see Saka back as well. He got a goal in their last game versus Nottingham Forest and a 2-1 win. Uh, along with Jesus, um, yeah, I, I, Arsenal are just super, super solid. There, there's not really much I can say about them. Yeah, and
0: you know, it's kind of amazing to see Emil Smith Rowe getting in the lineup and playing well, and and Gabriel Jesus having a great game, getting an assist and a goal. Considering we've been following this transfer news this whole window, and the two big things that came from Arsenal were that Emil Smith Rowe needs playing time or he's going to leave, which. He's getting playing time, and he didn't leave because the window is closed. (laughs) And for Gabriel Jesus, it was they need to replace him with a more clinical striker. Shows up, scores a goal, and assists one uh, in their last match against Nottingham Forest the other day. It's kind of amazing these guys just responding to rumors about themselves and their jobs.
1: I know, and now if you look at their bench, Grayson, you have Nikita Havertz and Jorginho coming off yeah. of the bench. That is th- three solid players that could easily start in another league on another team. Yeah, Easy. and
0: and I think Kai Havertz and Emil Smith Rowe are gonna just kind of see each other swapping out. Emil Smith Rowe has certainly earned time at Arsenal. He just simply hasn't gotten it. The way that he played in, um, I think he was playing for the under twenty ones, maybe the under twenty. Threes. I think he's 23 That's years fair. old. Um I know he played in some youth tournament uh over this past summer, and he looked phenomenal. And I thought that was gonna finally be the 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 breakthrough for him into Arteta's side. It wasn't until now. Um but I, I still do think they're gonna use Havertz, you know, when they get the opportunity to. Um and I, I don't blame them for it. They spent a lot of money trying. Squeeze as much as you can out of them, but um, yeah, I, I love what I've seen from this front three. Gabriel Martinelli hasn't been quite as good as he was last season. Um, really not even yes, close yeah. to as good as he was last season. But Gabriel Jesus kind of on the up and up, and Bukayo Sacco, uh Sorry, Bukayo. I keep doing that. I keep switching one letter. <laughs> Bukayo <laughs> Saka, uh, is is as good as ever. So, um, yeah, I I love what I'm seeing from Arsenal right now. And on Liverpool's side, yeah, you're missing Mo Salah, but, you know, he's been gone um, for a few matches now, um, you know, playing in AFCON, and hasn't killed them, per se, uh, considering they beat Chelsea 4-1, they beat, you know, Norwich in the uh, the FA Cup 5-2, I think they're doing just fine. They're scoring goals, for sure. Um You know, Darwin Nunes is missing penalties. (laughs) So, no surprise there. Um, But, like, they've got guys coming out of nowhere having insane performances. 20 year old right back Connor Bradley from Northern Ireland shows up in this game, two assists and a goal at right back against Chelsea. You you don't just yeah. find that. <laughs> it doesn't just fall at your feet. That's an insane performance for him. And the other goals coming from Sabaslai and Diogo Jota and Luis Diaz, those are the guys that have not been contributing. And they're showing it now in the absence of Mo Salah, and that's what they needed. They needed people to step up in his absence do I think these guys are going to play super well when Salah comes back? Maybe not, because the ball is going to float through him a whole lot more. Um, but like a guy like Darwin Nunes getting an assist is nice. Of course, he did miss the penalty, like I said. But this was a complete team performance. They were all fantastic. Honestly guy that kind of played the worst was Allison and that's really just because he gave up one goal that made him the worst on the team uh you know on this given day but yeah. I I think Liverpool is playing great even without Mo Salah. And they certainly have a chance of at least at least sneaking away with a win against Arsenal.
1: I would just like it to be known <clears throat> I know that we are not covering uh Chelsea right now, but uh I tried to give us we a week off
0: from Chelsea and Newcastle. Because well, um, I'm riding way I too I high play. right now off that win.
1: <laughs> well, it, the the fact that we are go, going to sit there and lie over on our backs and say we don't need a striker and then play Cole Palmer out of position at striker is just the most infuriating.
0: Yeah, it like doesn't I, work for I him.
1: Can't even, I can't even describe to you how much I hate that. Yeah. And, and I guess, I mean,
0: theoretically – Theoretically, he was playing it more as a false nine, which does kind of work with how he plays. The problem is, there's no other goal scorers. He can play false yeah. nine all he wants. It just means nobody's going to score.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Raheem Sterling and Noni Madaweke are not good enough wingers to be in a false nine. No. And they're, no. you know, at least never not really goal scoring wise. Like yeah. Yeah. Um, Congratulations to Nkuku for scoring. That's cool. Uh, Chuck Wameka is back. Yeah, he subbed out Kaisedo in this game. But, I, I mean, the fact that – Cole Palmer, did he get – Yeah, he got subbed out by Cesar Casade? I don't even know who that is. Some Italian uh, guy on our team in the 85th minute. We really left him out there for 85 minutes. Yeah. In, in, in a game like that where we're just going to get behind. I mean, you have Amardo Broja on the bench, but – Oh not, wait! Not anymore. You, you Probably. <laughs> was he on the bench in this game?
0: Uh, yeah, he might have been, uh, but he's not anymore because he just got loaned to uh, Fulham. Uh, All right. Well, good
1: well, for it's, him. Pen- let, it's let pending. It's pending a medical.
0: Going. But you know, we'll see.
1: Okay. Just the the fact that y- that was probably why he didn't get subbed in. Probably. Honestly, thinking about it now, but if we're you know if we're not going to take that into consideration, you do nothing for strikers in January. And then you're not confident enough to sub in the striker that you actually have. Yeah. In a game like this, where we're just getting shit on.
0: Yeah. And uh, honestly, just putting Cuckoo up front.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's. He <laughs> Cole a Palmer good ball should
0: not be up front. Cole Palmer can play behind him for sure as a cam. Yeah. Or, or even put him on the right wing. He does both of them very well. Yeah. But don't make him the reason you lose he should same all thing season that, he's been the reason you're winning games
1: yes why change him yeah why, why why put him in the same system that you did with Kai Havertz and now Kai Havertz doesn't play for us anymore and yeah. we may have even destroyed his career because he's not really looking the best at Arsenal either no. Kai Havertz has never been able to obtain what he had at Leverkusen because Chelsea played him at striker so much and I will stand by that forever
0: I agree uh, but I would right. like to talk about our final score predictions for Arsenal Liverpool. Um, sorry, sorry about that. Sorry, <laughs> no, right. you're good, man. Um, uh, look, I I do think the absence of Mo Salah hurts for sure. Do I think they can win? Yes. Do I think they're going to beat this Arsenal team with the form they're on? No. Um, you know, <laughs> Arsenal is just in a great spot. You know, you know the last two wins of five nil against Crystal Palace. Goodness. Uh, and then the 2-1 win over Nottingham Forest. Of course, Liverpool, they've won four straight. I do think that in this particular game, not having Mo Salah is a big deal. Um, that's yes. where the goal-scoring opportunities come from in these big games. And um, I think this one might be a little too big for the replacement. So, Liverpool, you can stay at the top of the table for now, but you're going to lose this one. And, um, yeah, Arsenal's going to win it. I'm going to go I'm going to go
1: 3-1. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, Jolta, if that's your replacement at winger, you're a very good soccer team cuz Jolta's is amazing. Yeah. But in a game with you know, Arsenal that are in the kind of form that they're in, you need Mosala. You absolutely need Mosala in this game. I'm going to take Arsenal 3-1 <clears throat> over Liverpool. All right.
0: Cool. Yep. We are in agreement. Uh well, the rest of your matches for this weekend You've got – clicked on the wrong thing. You've got Everton Spurs, which maybe we should have talked about instead of Brighton Crystal Palace, but it's too late now. Uh, Burnley Fulham, (laughs) Newcastle Luton. I swear to God if we lose to Luton Town at St. James Park. Dude,
1: Luton Town's hot right now. Have you heard the news? (laughs) Uh,
0: Sheffield United versus Aston Villa, who we just beat. So fuck Aston Villa. Uh, Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest, Chelsea Wolves. Man United, West Ham, Arsenal, Liverpool, and then on Monday, you have Brentford and Man City. Luke, the windows are closed, all of them. Every single window. Maybe, yeah, Well, okay, it's kind of cold outside. You should probably have your windows closed as well. (laughs) Um, Let's start here. I know this has nothing to do with what actually happened at the transfer window closing. Mbappe should have a decision on his future by this coming week. I had to start it off with that because I saw the news, and it's transfer news, so Mbappe starts the show every single time.
1: I'm fine with that.
0: <laughs> so we should have a decision on his you know, future with PSG, which is likely that he's not going to have a future with PSG. Come next week, he'll play the rest of the season. While he's under contract, most likely will not return next year. Um, the next thing, though... Well, I guess we'll just start with it. Uh, Armando Broja is heading to Fulham on loan. Um, It is pending a physical, technically, or a medical, technically, um, but I believe because of the agreement in place, um, they're good to go. Uh, But yeah, twelve minutes ago, the uh, the transfer window in England officially closed. So we'll have to see that that deal could kind of sneak through, um, you know, after afterwards, but. We'll have to see on that one. How are you feeling about that? I'm, um Yeah,
1: I I would have liked to have not loaned him to another team in London, you know, another yeah. rival team. But honestly, I'm I'm curious to see how he'll do. Um if, if he Great. was to get yeah. loaned anywhere, I, I would want him to get loaned to a team that's in like that Fulham category. So yeah. I I'm I'm I think he deserves playing time at a team like Fulham. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I thought agree. he deserved it at Chelsea. True. <laughs> so I, I'm curious. I'm actually really curious about
0: yeah. this one. Uh, so I'm just going to kind of keep going down the line. We'll stop on some of them that are important. But uh, Alejo Veliz has passed his Sevilla Medical and will join on loan from Tottenham. Uh, Sevilla, playing so bad in La Liga, you know, already got dumped from Europe. They're bringing in a lot, a lot of loanies, uh, and young oh, wow. ones at that. You have Veliz, I believe Facundo Palestri, uh of Man United oh, as wow. well as um oh what's his name? Uh measure Hannibal Mezjubri, I believe, uh for Man United as well. Are all on loan to Sevilla. Uh this one's a shocker. Jesse Lingard found a team in South Korea. Oh. <laughs> he really went off the map here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thought he was gonna go to America. He thought he was gonna go to Barcelona. Um <laughs> He settles for South Korea, which I don't know a single name of a South Korean team. Obviously, the place I'm getting this information doesn't either because they just said he's heading to South Korea. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, Jesse Lingard is going to fall off face to of the earth like he already has. Uh, but His just a little bit more. Uh, he might be playing in North Korea. Uh, for the Kim Jong-un All-Stars.
1: It's the only team over there.
0: Yeah, that's it. And he's the, the manager. Uh, he's uh, he's a target man striker. And he's won player of the yeah. year the last 10 years.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing. I, I don't even have a team name for you, nope. Grayson. I, I, it's I just, just looked South up Jesse Korea. It's just, it's just South Korea. Korea.
0: Maybe he's going to play for the <laughs> South Korean national team. I don't know. Um, but I
1: actually can't find one.
0: No, there's literally nothing. He just is there.
1: All right, last chance. He might no, just be, be on vacation. Yet. <laughs> he might he be, on be on vacation. vacation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I heard he's heading to a team in South Korea. Uh, let's go to the next one, though. This one's interesting. Uh, Lille striker Jonathan David, also Canadian striker Jonathan David, will be remaining at Lille uh, amidst rumors of a late move to uh, England, Italy, and Spain. A lot of connections there. He's been fantastic for Lille uh, over the last two years. And, and – Has not gotten the attention he deserves. He was a very good, kind of affordable striker option for a lot of teams, and he's not getting talked about. You know, obviously, he's not getting talked about among the likes of Mbappe, but not even among the likes of, you know, Victor Ossiman, who, you know, probably deserves to be a little higher, but even Ivan Toney is getting more links than Jonathan David, and I I think he's just as deserving.
1: Jonathan David is that player I only know from FIFA because he was just a very strangely like 82 overall Canadian striker. <laughs> I have never, ever seen that guy. He's only
0: 24 so years old. And I have watched what? a couple of his matches with Lille. The guy wow, is 24. fantastic. Also, born in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. uh, New York.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh,
0: but obviously, um, his family nice is from, uh, his family's actually Haitian and Canadian. Uh, Yeah, dude, I wish he played for the United States. Uh, That would be awesome. Uh, But, you know, we have Flair and Baligan, so I guess we'll be fine. Uh, He's exciting. Yeah. Everybody gets a league on a striker. Um, (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, Jonathan David uh, is staying, which I was surprised by, considering how good he has been the last two seasons. Um, Thought he'd get a move. Probably will move this summer, though. Uh, our next one, Miguel Almiron staying at Newcastle. Uh Al Shabaab was the Saudi Arabian team that was interested. Uh Newcastle wanted thirty million. They wouldn't do it. Kind of surprising. They have unlimited money. <laughs> but I don't know. I guess thirty million was too much for Miggy, which is yeah. it's fine by me. Like we weren't gonna be able to replace him in time. Uh so I don't I don't mind him not leaving uh at the end. Um if this would have happened at the very beginning of the transfer window, I probably would have been mad cuz I I want him out. You know, uh,
1: as a as a, like, you know, as someone who grows up in Georgia or grew up in Georgia like you and you knowing of Almiron before he played on Newcastle, I've always noticed that you don't really seem to like him as much as most people I think would would think as a person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was a fan I, of him I, for I Atlanta why.
0: United, but yeah. The way he's played for my team, Newcastle, is just simply not as good. It's not good enough. I have higher standards for the play, and and there are just in general higher standards of play in the Premier League. So I, I think it's just kind of the adjustment between the two um, that, that makes it seem that way. Like, look, if if you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm, I'm trying to think of a Falcons example. Uh, you know, I'll give a Braves example. Chris Sale was amazing for the White Sox. If he's not amazing for the Braves, I'm still going to like the fact that he was amazing for the White Sox. I'm just going to yeah. hate him and and hope he burns <laughs> in hell for sucking for the Braves.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's, that's, that's where I see. It. Obviously, I don't want anybody to, to burn in hell, uh, and I definitely don't want Miguel <laughs> Almiron, too. Um, but. Just for uh, you know, hyperbole. Uh, Let's talk about something else involving uh, our home nation of America. Gio Reyna has joined Nottingham Forest on loan from Dortmund. uh, Just a few days after extending his contract to 2026, I believe with Dortmund.
1: Wow, is he not? I thought he was getting playing time over there. Not anymore. Not quite
0: as much, uh, especially with Jaden Sancho coming back uh, to Dortmund. I that think that true. definitely threw a wrench in his plans, but just once again, you know, middle to lower half of the table team goes out, finds an American to play for him. Yeah. It just keeps happening.
1: <laughs> I like that move, though. I think he could look sick there. I really do. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and
0: I'm nice. excited. I, I want Gio Reyna to be successful despite all of the bullshit from the uh, World Cup. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, our next thing. This is crazy because I, I think as of last week we said this deal was just about done. Uh, Moise Keynes' move to Atletico Madrid collapsed collapsed in the final seconds um, after uh, it came out that he was injured and couldn't pass the medical.
1: Huh. So they. I wonder. Wh- I wonder what that was like. Yeah. <laughs> to be there. In that moment. I don't know. I, I
0: guess. It was probably a matter of Juventus didn't want to tell him because they wanted him to go on loan, uh, and, and Moise Keen probably thought he could get away with it, but th- those medicals, I don't know if anybody's like really looked into them pretty deeply. It's an, ex- an extensive process of things that they're monitoring, and, and, and the better the team you go to, the better and, and crazier they're monitoring things.
1: So is that just to avoid like liability issues? Yeah, like you it, gave it's us just like any player. other team.
0: Um, if you go to do a trade, there has to be a medical involved, unless um, you know, like his, his. Well, like no matter what, there is. Um, so like, you can't trade an injured player unless it's already known he's injured and in exactly how long and and all of that and the severity. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a good way to get your move vetoed. Um, is to try and sell a, a an injured player in any sport, really?
1: Yeah. Well, <clears throat> what happened to Keen doesn't sound as bad as what happened to Hakeem ziak last year. Yeah. Oh man. So.
0: Yeah, Hakeem Ziek was like Carlos Correa.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much.
0: uh All right. Next thing though, Roma have completed a loan deal for uh, Anhelino. From Galatasaray. I'm pretty sure this is Angelino's first season at Galatasaray. Already sending him on loan to Roma. Kind um, of surprised by the move.
1: Yeah, I don't get that one very much.
0: Yeah. Uh, this one's not really all that big of news. Kareem Benzema staying at all Itihad. he had. Um, That was just a matter of the transfer window was closed. Let's just make sure that's clarified. He's not going Such anywhere. A <laughs>
1: yeah. Such a bummer. Yeah. Uh a bummer.
0: Yeah. This one's a big deal, though. On Trek Frankfurt... Have agreed to a loan deal for uh with PSG for uh Hugo Ekati Uh the uh okay. young midfielder, um, which kind of weird that they sold Cola Mawani and then loaned in <laughs> essentially a replacement yeah. from PSG. <laughs> um next move though, Al Shabaab have signed Sevilla and former Barcelona midfielder. Ivan Rakitic uh, until I believe 2025 or through 2025.
1: Good for him. Going to get his bag. He'll join join Brozovic over there. Two Croatians.
0: Yeah, I believe Brozovic is playing for Al Nassr, right?
1: Yeah. With uh, speaking of Al Nassr, I wanted to actually I had this saved in my notes. So you remember that Laporte plays there, the center back?
0: Yeah, I'm Eric Laporte.
1: Dude, he scored a 70 meter free kick from his own half. Fuck today. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah, just a lefty just sl- smashed it. That's insane. I have to send it to you, but it was Isn't ridiculous. Ronaldo so out? Ridiculous. I heard
0: that he like missed the game against Inter Miami or something. Cuz they played uh, a preseason I, game with Inter Miami. Also Oh, that
1: it was the preseason game that he scored that oh, end, okay. actually. Now that um, I think about
0: it. Um Also, why does the Saudi League run on the same schedule as the MLS? That bothers me.
1: Yeah, that's very strange.
0: Um I guess they're both retirement leagues, so it makes sense.
1: Yeah, might might as well keep them the same. <laughs> yeah. Uh
0: we'll we'll keep moving. If you want to uh pull anything up, let me know. But um Gabriel Paulista he was in that game. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. Uh Gabriel Paulista has joined Atletico Madrid after terminating his contract with Valencia uh I think just hmm. a few days ago. Um it's a pretty solid pickup. It just adds depth to this Atletico Madrid team. that has been playing extremely well this year, um, but just can't quite crack into that top two, man. You know, those top two teams, man, Real Madrid and Girona, real hard
1: to beat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that Girona team. Uh, <laughs> Tired of crazy. them being so good. Man. Yeah.
0: Powerhouses. When yeah, are they going to run out of money? <laughs>
1: tomorrow um probably i was <laughs> i was trying to see why he terminated his contract but i can't find i think it was just, it. just he weird. wanted
0: to make a move and they um and, and nobody was paying their asking price so uh i think they terminated the contract uh i okay, think was I the, the deal um chelsea are finally doing what i thought they would have been doing from the jump when they did this thing um so they todd bully bought Strasbourg. In in France, he bought that team in the uh, summer. Yeah. I thought they would start loaning some players there, selling some players off there, um, to to get them first team experience in Ligue 1. They're finally doing it. They're sending Andre Santos uh, on loan to Strasbourg for, I believe, the remainder of the season, possibly a year.
1: Didn't the Fafana striker that we had? Wasn't he on loan with uh, Strasbourg too?
0: Possibly. Can't remember. Uh, Dottra, yeah, David Fofana, is that who you're talking about? Yeah. Now he went to yeah. Union Berlin, uh, I believe.
1: Oh, and he was a part of that amazing yeah, and season then, over there. <laughs>
0: yeah, and then you recalled him.
1: <laughs> yeah, but we we had to take him out of that environment. Yeah. <laughs> um. On, let me just look it up real fast. Sorry, we I've been looking up a lot of stuff. No, uh yeah, it it was Union Ber- uh, Berlin, and actually yeah. now Burnley. So more oh, transfer right. news, we loaned right. right. reloaned him I think to we burn. talked about that last week, and
0: I forgot. Um, let's keep it with Chelsea, yeah. though. Uh, Connor Gallagher is going to remain at Chelsea uh, as Tottenham are not willing to spend the 50 million pounds that Chelsea are asking for.
1: Good. Um, I don't know why, <laughs> though. Um, yeah. He, like,
0: good young you know, player. High work He's rate. very good this season.
1: Very yeah, bad. decent offensively, very aggressive. Uh both sides of the ball. I really don't see why anybody very fast. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't I don't get why you wouldn't want to pay fifty for him, but I'm glad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if I were a Chelsea fan, I'd be happy staying. Uh the next move though, uh Noha Lemina has joined Wolves on loan from PSG. Um uh, once again, this is just kind of uh PSG has so many players uh to send out, they might as well loan some of them out. Uh, next move though. Stuttgart have signed Mo Dahoud on loan from Brighton. So that one's okay. a an interesting move. Uh, obviously, Brighton has a ton of midfield depth. Uh, so I'm not surprised it happened. Um, it just seems like all season they made this signing for Dahoud and just didn't give him a chance.
1: Yeah. Um, and Dahoud is a histor well, historically, um, a Bundesliga player. So yeah. That's where he spent the most of his yeah. career. So. I guess him leaving to go to the Bundesliga makes sense, but the fact that Brighton signed him to begin with just never he's a good player. I, yeah. I don't know why he wasn't able to work his way, you know, in that lineup.
0: Yeah, agreed. Uh next move though, Enes Unal, the uh I believe is a center back for uh Hetafe uh is gonna join Bournemouth on loan for the remainder of the season.
1: Solid move. Yeah, yeah, I
0: like it. Um Mason Holgate has terminated his loan to Southampton and will join Sheffield United from Everton. I know that's a lot of words. Uh, He was on loan to Southampton. Probably realized, like, oh, shit, Everton's certainly going down.
1: (laughs) So I'm going to rejoin him, and we're going
0: to be in the same league. Um, And so he's joining Sheffield United, who also might go down. Um, Interesting to see, though, that he terminated his loan. um, But I, I do like it, trying to get more Premier League experience, so I can't blame him. For sure. Uh, this one we kind of already talked mm-hmm. about. Saeed Ben-Rama has joined Lyon uh, from West Ham. But uh, I remember seeing that that report was going to happen, and then I started seeing a lot of interest from Fulham and Brentford for him. Um, obviously, it didn't work out for either of those teams, and uh, he ended up going with Lyon.
1: Wow, ended up leaving the league entirely.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Newcastle fully completed the signing of Alfie Harrison for Man City. We kind of talked about that move last week, uh, that it could possibly happen. Uh, let's talk just kind of soccer news in general. Got some interesting stories. Uh, first, we'll, we'll start with Jose Mourinho showing some interest in a return to Manchester United if the opportunity Whoa. presents itself. He says that he wants to work under Sir Jim Ratcliffe.
1: Okay, I mean, that. That's exciting.
0: Yes, it certainly yeah. is. And if I'm Sir Jim Ratcliffe, it's really making me want to fire Eric Ten Hog. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. If you get a Mourinho or Ten Hog, who would you choose?
0: <laughs> uh, it's so easy. <laughs> you yeah. can't even imagine. <laughs> um, yeah, that one's, I'd love to see that happen. But let's, <laughs> this next thing is absurd. And I, I confirmed this multiple times to make sure it was actually real. It is. Oh, God. Thailand police have warned people not to fall for online scammers impersonating Chabi Alonzo. <laughs> okay, I got more. In this scam, it's a fake verified Instagram account for Chabi Alonzo. And it asks for donations of 300 baht, which is seven er, sorry, 7 euros or 7.85 euros to help pay for a plane ticket to Liverpool. <laughs> the message in Thai says, I am Chami Alonso. I will be in charge of Liverpool next season, but I am short of money for my flight to Liverpool. <laughs>
1: it's crazy. dude. That That's a whole team of people that came up with that idea. They're, yeah. That, also, uh... didn't
0: realize Liverpool was so big in Thailand.
1: Yeah, I also... Um, struggling to figure out how Xavi Alonso couldn't come up with uh, enough money for a flight.
0: Yeah, considering he's the current man. Oh, okay, well, first of all, <laughs> in a legend of the sport.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and
0: the, cur- he currently has a job. <laughs> and yeah. is uh, a job that he's doing extremely well at, better than, honestly, anybody in Europe can probably claim, considering they haven't lost.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's um, fair. And... Let's kind of stick in Germany, but go down to League 2. Uh, first of all, I didn't even know this club was in League 2, and they're really struggling. Schalke. Um, Schalke, yeah. Yeah, they're currently in 15th place in the Bundesliga 2, which is insane. Like, to think about some of the guys that have come through that team. Um, y- you know, I- I'm trying to remember. was Jul- Yeah, Julian Draxler, uh, I believe, came from Schalke originally yeah. before his move to PSG. Uh, uh, they had guys like Huntelar the the dutch striker um was is pretty sick. solid and i think the 2010 world cup maybe 2014 i think 2014 was van Persie uh mainly i think 2010 uh huntelaar played a, a bit of a role then uh yeah, but yeah and tons before of Huntelar, tons they of had players. raul yeah
1: yeah and raul was real madrid's top goal scorer before a guy named cristiano ronaldo came yeah. along so i feel like raul's you know up there as well <laughs>
0: certainly uh a lot of guys have come through schalke um, and they sit in 15th in Bundesliga 2. And if they do get relegated to the third division, they won't get the license for the league because of the hundreds of millions of euros in debt they are. And they'll have to restart as an amateur club.
1: Oh, man. That's that is crazy. That's a bummer. Yeah. More than a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> but, um,
0: like how is Yeah, insane. like I remember
1: like in 2014, 15 like you couldn't get away from like the Dortmund Schalke. Derby
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: That would come on. Uh, that's a bummer.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. Um like they've had you know, we kind of went through like some of the great players that played there but you know, they were like winning championships, you know, in their history. They've won championships yeah. and um like I think in the 2000s, like they've made the Champions League multiple times. I, I Oh, this is a player. I, I knew I was thinking of somebody. Couldn't quite put my finger on it. Kevin Prince Boateng played a few years there. And oh, yeah. He was great yeah. um, for them as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, uh, this useless guy, just average keeper, Manuel Neuer, <laughs> started <laughs> yeah. there, was their captain. I forgot um, about that. Yeah a lot of guys i forgot about that uh that played there a lot of great players um played there wow uh all right well um let's get to the final thing i've got here for soccer which is that premier league clubs are delaying signing off on new contracts for current players uh amid the converse or all the concerns over the ffp rules um and i guess it's understood that it's some clubs They've already agreed to new deals with some players, but they're backdating um, the higher wages so that the finances fall under, like, the next year and the next everything. Uh, This is when it becomes a problem. When you've set up rules that are forcing teams to, like, do weird shit to move money around, that's when you know you kind of fucked it up. Yeah. Because, like, this is more than just, like... Because, like, you know, in all sports, people are, you know, you know, pushing money to the end of their, you know, deferring salaries and all that stuff at the end of their contract. You shouldn't be agreeing to deals under wraps and then waiting to do these deals and waiting for them to even get out until the next year because you can't risk the money. Like, that's shady as fuck.
1: It is. Yeah. Big time. I, I don't know. it, And it's also... This is the first kind of report that I've heard from you where it sounds like it's affecting the players as well. Yeah. I mean, it's at the end of the day, they're the workers, you know, it's their money. They're they're They should be entitled to it. You know what I mean? Um, Agreed. And the fact that premier league teams are having to like, just kind of go out of their way to get some of this stuff working again. is It's just annoying. Um, yeah. You're, you're only making you're not making it better. You're only making it harder kind of thing.
0: Agreed. I'm um, checking real quick just to see if we missed any moves uh that have rolled through. Nottingham Forest signed Matt Sells, uh keeper from Strasbourg. Um let's see, let's see. Uh oh wow. Okay. I thought this deal was already done and I just skipped it, but I guess it fell through. Stefano uh Senesi, uh his move from Inter to Leicester uh fell through. Uh right at the right at the deadline. <laughs> Um, that's surprising. Um, I'm not seeing any other big ones. No, not much. Okay. Well then, um, Luke, do you have anything before we get into, all right, I guess you don't have anything before we get into questions.
1: Wait, 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 let me, let me, let me, let me, let me me double. Um, yeah, just some, here, here's something random that I have. This is a story time with Luke. Um, did, uh, did you hear about what Mark Andrews did today? No, I didn't. He, uh, so there was a woman who suffered a medical emergency during a flight, and they couldn't find a strong pulse. And Mark Andrews, who's a type 1 diabetic, asked yep. could it be her blood sugar. And uh, he has the testing kit. He told the personnel that was there to use it, and her heart rate stabilized. And the wow. paramedics were able to treat her when the flight landed. So shout out Mark Andrews. That is amazing. That's crazy. What a story.
0: That is amazing. Uh, all yeah. right, let's get into questions time. We've got quite a few questions to go through, uh, considering we have two different submissions. Of course, we have Nathan's, uh, and then uh, a user by the name of J Knowles E N uh, submitted a couple of questions. So we'll get to those as well. Uh, let's start with uh, actually. You know what? Let's start with their question because I love it. What is the top true dynasty in sport which team uh including college teams would you consider to be the true best oh. dynasty of all time
1: wow so like a not like a just a franchise but no a, a dynasty like a period yeah it's got to be the bulls right
0: i, I, I think like there's a claim the for the patriots celebrated.
1: yeah there, 20 definitely. years of but dominance I, I just feel like the Bulls dynasty is just talked about more as a yeah. dynasty rather than just the Patriots being good for our entire lives. Um Yeah. But no, you're you're definitely right. The Patriots are up there.
0: Yeah, I think you could also talk about um some of the Celtics teams, like that like that stretch where Bill Russell won what, like eleven championships in thirteen yeah, um, years in his career. That's yeah, gotta be a uh, dynasty. <laughs>
1: Some of the Yankees' teams, some of the Steelers' teams, yeah. um, some of the Lakers' teams.
0: Yeah, like Bill Russell won an NBA championship in 1957 and then every single year from 1959 to 1966. And then he won one in 68 <laughs> and 69.
1: God, that record's going to be difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <All> right, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's that's tough.
0: certainly an insane one. Um, you obviously can talk. You know, some of those like Sir Alex Ferguson, Manchester United. Um, they won so many Premier League titles.
1: Yeah, or uh, the Champions League era for Real Madrid, which yeah. honestly we're still kind of in. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. Definitely. Um,
0: uh, I-, I think to me, I think with American sport, it's easier to call a team a dynasty because there's one competition. Because, like, if we're looking at soccer, it's like, okay, yeah, Manchester United dominated, you know, England. Didn't really win a lot of Champions Leagues. Um, and yeah. you know, Real Madrid dominated Champions League. Barcelona was still winning La Liga's um, yeah. quite a bit. So, like, I think it's tough because it's it's kind of a different conversation uh, when you talk about a dynasty in soccer as opposed to a dynasty in, you know, NFL or MLB, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I think I'm gonna go with the Patriots, just it's the one I saw the most. Uh and in and in my eyes, because I saw it happen, it's the most dominant, uh, and it's the the best one.
1: I think the um the Michael Jordan Bulls had more of a cultural impact on the like, you know, Jordan tennis shoes, not yeah, not just, yeah. you know, like cultural, but you know, sports and kind of what in what all
0: came from it for sure. Yeah. It, um, like from from a a standpoint of like influence, they're the most influential dynasty of all time. One hundred percent. Um I think after that you you'd be talking like uh Alabama under Nick Saban uh is an influential yeah. dynasty just because n- it changed the scope of, of what we viewed uh in college athletics as success. Um you know, in, in general. Definitely. Um and like I think with the Patriots, to me, like I said, it's the one I saw. It's super close between the Patriots and, and Alabama. Um because obviously I've witnessed both, but the Patriots personally affected me. <laughs> I, all I did was lose one season opener to Nick Saban in which they did injure the quarterback that I was extremely excited for. And then he was never the same. And then there were some allegations and then he ended up at FAU. So, um, and, and now I'm pretty sure he plays in the UFL. So I guess I could be mad at Nick Saban for that, but, um, I think I'm going to go Patriots just, just because man, 20 years of dominance is difficult.
1: Yeah. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep with uh, Chicago. Okay. The Bulls. Yeah, but no, the Patriots would probably be my number two.
0: Yeah. Well, that was a fantastic question. Let's get into Nathan's questions. These are pretty fun. Who has the best celebration in all of sports?
1: Oh man, that is a good one. I feel um, like it has to be easy.
0: soccer for sure.
1: Do you, should I do the celebration? Please, that I think I, the I am one?
0: inviting you to do it because it is the answer. <laughs> it is.
1: Here we go.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it that's the answer. It's got to be Cristiano Ronaldo. Um Oh man. It doesn't it doesn't get more iconic than that celebration. Obviously Trenton's there's some that are sports. more creative and and more fun. Like uh, honestly this one's kind of underrated, but the Tyreek kill peace sign was crazy at the time.
1: That's that is very
0: And it really like started something. That yeah. one was a big deal. Um, um
1: anytime Odell danced.
0: Yeah, anytime Odell danced. Um <laughs> honestly, like if we're talking like uh, a celebration that just caught on, the uh the ring, pointing at the, the ring finger when you're you're gonna win the chip. Joe Burrow started that one at LSU. Oh, okay. Um and everybody has followed suit. Um yeah, there's there's so many to choose from. Uh, you have Luis Suarez kissing the wrists and pointing in. Um, I, like that one. I think Antoine Griezmann used to do a heart. Is that right? Gareth Bale. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was Gareth Bale doing the uh the heart. That was a a pretty iconic one as well.
1: Yeah. Um. There's a lot. <laughs> trying to think. I, yeah there there is a lot. I'm trying to think of like a really old one. Like could we could we say Ray Lewis's like stadium oh, entrance? Definitely. Is that a celebration? I
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We could count that. Um
0: Wayne Rooney's knockout one?
1: Yes. That's one. Yeah. It's a big one. Yeah. Um I've always uh, this is a funny one, but have you seen the the clip of uh, Jamie Vardy scoring against Crystal Palace? And where he, he does takes the out the
0: oh, I thought you were gonna say the one no, where he takes out the flag. Not <laughs> you know, the that one's crazy. Flag.
1: <laughs> no, no, not the not the corner pride flag that just exploded because yeah. of Jamie Vardy. I'm talking about the uh, the he scored against Crystal Palace, and their crest has a bird yeah, on it, yeah. and in front of their home fans, he just. Like, does the, like, <laughs> shittiest bird impression, but it no. was you could tell it was a bird, oh, and he got the job done.
0: That that made me think. I was thinking English strikers, Peter Crouch, the robot. That's oh, an iconic man. one, too.
1: That is a good one. All
0: right, well, let's, let's move on to the next question. <clears throat> is the Soto shuffle really intimidating, or is he just really good at pitch recognition?
1: I, I wouldn't even say it's intimidating. It would throw me off because it would piss me off.
0: Yeah, which you know, in a sense, is intimidation. Uh, he's get hes I, using yeah. it to get in your head—is kind of yeah. the way I'd phrase it. Um, I think yeah. he just has a fantastic eye. He didn't—he doesn't have to do that um, to see if it's a ball or a strike. Um, maybe he wouldn't get would. as many, but yeah, he's still going to lead the league in walks. He's still going to have a fantastic eye, whether he fucking yeah. shakes his hips at you or not when you throw a ball.
1: Yeah, I mean, we can we can talk about the Soto Shuffle if it was only one season, but the fact he yeah. is, at, at young as he is consistently the walk rate leader in the MLB, yeah, that's him. That's yeah. skill.
0: Yep. Um, <laughs> all right, this one's good. When we played sports, did we have any superstitions or routines?
1: Wow, that's a really good question because I have thought about this for myself. I never, ever had a superstition or routine for yeah. any any time in my life playing soccer.
0: Yeah, so um nothing. I, you know, later into my like time playing, uh I wore the same pair of white Nike crew socks uh for every game. Uh yeah. cuz I always wore long pants, so it didn't matter what color my socks were. Uh I, honestly, I have more superstitions watching sports than playing. Okay uh yeah. late game for the Braves uh grabbed the BJ Upton bobblehead shook his head a little bit that one started 2020 playoffs uh extra innings against the Reds uh and Trevor Bauer like that good team uh that superstition started um
1: what a memory there wow what yeah. a what a funny thing to tell people Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome what a
0: story. um i've got so many more uh if i wore a shirt So, like, I bought this Florida State jersey before the season started, um, and then we never lost a game while I was wearing it. I didn't wear it when we lost (laughs) to Georgia. Yeah. So it must be the shirt. Um, That's another one. It's quite a few. Um, During the the Braves run, um, we didn't win a game in the World Series – if I worked that day um quite, luckily <laughs> yeah. luckily it, it it was more than just like did I work that day? it was if if I was watching the game and I still had my shirt on from work, then we <laughs> lost, which is insane to look back on um that's i guess a little bit superstitious um, looking back on it
1: okay i um For watching sports, I I used to always lay my terrible towel like in the middle of the living room floor and like and just sit back in a chair for the Steelers game. Um, I used to um, listen to Black and Yellow by Wiz Khalifa and Renegade by Styx, which are the two Steelers songs, you know, uh, or you have to know um, before like every game. Like if I was going to talk on Mac or something, always would. Um. That's really the two that I can think of. I always would try to match what Steelers jersey they were wearing. So if they were away, I would wear my away. Nice. Stuff like that. Yeah, that's really it for me.
0: All right. Uh, What sport did you watch the most as a kid, and what sport do you watch the most now?
1: Uh, NFL, NFL. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I have picked up on baseball a shit ton more as I've gotten older, which has been fantastic. Yeah, I, I think...
0: It depends on what we're saying as a kid. It, at, at my youngest, it was probably football. Um but kind of a mixture of everything. Cause like it was just whatever my dad had on. And my dad always watched the Falcons, always watched Florida State, always watched the Braves, always watched the Hawks. So like everything was on. Um when it came down to like when I was actually like trying to watch TV, um, which was like middle school, was like when I was like choosing what was on the TV. Uh, I was watching yeah, basketball the most for sure. Middle school was my okay. basketball like era of my life. Now um, it's pretty close between football and baseball. Um, I'd say I, I probably yeah, I definitely watch more NFL than college just because of my schedule. Like I'm off on Sundays uh, from work, so I obviously watch all of the NFL games. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. you know I don't get that liberty on a, on a Saturday. So, um, I, I definitely watch more NFL, uh, right now. Uh, but MLB, like if we're, wa- if we're talking hours watched, obviously <laughs> hours watched the MLB season goes all year and they play every fucking day. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I obviously have the most hours watched of baseball.
1: Um, uh, you got to watch out for the pitch clock though. Now, yeah, maybe NFL yeah. can catch up over time. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> But uh yeah, no, I um I used to probably watch more soccer when I was younger. Um but I I've I'm only definitely watching the most
0: soccer I or at least is the most consistent uh that I'm watching soccer uh in my life.
1: Yeah. But I I guess to even further answer your question, Nathan, I have really, you know, always been a sports kid growing up, but I've only ever watched soccer, MLB, and NFL. I, I really Mm. haven't ever sat down and watched anything else.
0: Uh, I'll, before. you know, March comes around. I'll sit down and watch some college basketball. Um, yeah. I, I can sit down and watch anything. Um, Like, I don't, I literally don't pay attention to the NBA. NBA finals are on. I'm putting them on immediately. Yeah. Same goes for the NHL. I don't watch the, I don't even think I could name more than six players in the NHL right now. I'm watching the <laughs> NHL Stanley Cup finals cuz it's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um
1: I didn't know that you did that. Oh yeah.
0: And they go they they come on at the same time, the NBA and the NHL, and it you know coincidentally lines <laughs> up like exactly with the most boring part of baseball season and G- there's no football. <laughs> yeah. So it, it just gotcha. works out that way. Um All right, so Nathan has flipped a question that he used 2 weeks ago. So now it is out of 20 tries, this one's for you, Luke. How many times <laughs> could you score against me one-on-one with an average-level goalkeeper?
1: Oh, man. See, my finishing lacks. I have good power, mm. but I, I can't I can't really shoot accurately. Yeah. Um,
0: you got to remember, I, I'm going to just go ahead and give you this hint. You're much faster than me, and you certainly have better footwork.
1: See, but all you gotta do is get a step in an arm. Yeah, and I have the
0: physicality. That's about yeah. it.
1: Uh, I I would honestly say, like you, you would definitely be. I, I mean, you're you're a you're you're a unit, you know. Yes. I mean, like, not like in a bad way, but like it would be genuinely even with speed, hard to get around you because you also have reach. It's is another thing that I don't have. So and would, like I'm I not like myself...
0: I have good balance. So like I can stay on my feet. Um, but as soon as you get past me, I'm I'm gone. Like oh, you're gone.
1: See, see, but then then it comes down to my finishing ability. Um, I I would say at the most I would get fourteen. At the least I would probably get nine on you.
0: Okay, in twenty tries. Yeah.
1: Yeah that that that's what I would realistically give myself. Okay. I I'm telling you, man, my finishing is buns. Gotcha. Especially against an average. Keeper. All right.
0: So this one. Uh, is now you would be on the mound pitching to me. Nathan said out of 20 strikes in parentheses, was going to say pitches, but I don't know how many would be hittable. (laughs) Um, Uh, Yeah. So how many home runs could I hit uh, in a 300-foot dead center fence? Um, I'm going to be nice and say the ones that I end up swinging at, probably not what I should be swinging at. Um, And and that's going to hurt me. I'm gonna go with three. I think I get three off of you, um, just because you're destined to just toss a couple that just float in over the middle.
1: Yeah, no, and I mean it's hard here. I'll, I'll act it out with uh, with some paper towels. Yeah, here as a please. Bat. With me pitching, it's gonna be hard. It's to all a home it's all exit launch angle.
0: Well, yeah, but that wouldn't like be it, hittable, so I wouldn't swing.
1: Well, you, you might. I, don't
0: I don't might. Yeah. But like the thing is, is that like launch angle is going to be the key. I'm going to need to like start my swing up high because I got to match that launch angle. Kind of like slow pitch softball. Um, Mm -hmm. If you've ever seen anybody hitting in slow pitch (laughs) softball, they kind of they load up and they load up back and high and they swing at it high because you kind of like the ball is going to be high no matter what. So, like, you have yeah. to go through it on, like, an even plane to have any chance or you're just going to pop it up because if you start low, you're going to have to adjust high and just pop it up. So, I don't know. It, it'd be tough. I, I, I think two or three is is a safe answer because I also have to take into account the fact that there are, probably will be some that I'll, I'll barrel up and it literally won't be thrown hard enough <laughs> to go over.
1: Yeah, well, hitting a home run is uh, much harder than beating a oh, defender. Oh,
0: Definitely. Definitely. I feel like I I should probably get more chances
1: (laughs) (laughs) to hit a home run.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I I don't know. I didn't make the questions. Uh, This one's fun though. Who would win in a basketball one v one between us two to fifteen? But the basket is on eight and a half feet.
1: (laughs) Uh, Bro, I'm getting shattered by you in basketball. I'm not going to score. Yo, I'm going to be honest. I'm
0: going to be honest. I can kind of shoot. On a 10-foot hoop. I haven't shot on an 8-foot hoop in a while. Um, I can kind of shoot. Like, I know what I'm doing on a basketball court. That's the big thing. I'm not good at it. Like, I can, I don't know, I can keep my dribble. I can, I can back people down. Um, I can get a board here and there, and I can shoot. But, like, otherwise, I'm not that, I, I'm not good, like, in a game scenario, is what I'm saying.
1: Uh dude. I, basketball is so hard. I, I suck it. I would, I, I'm a way better yeah. baseball player than a basketball okay.
0: player. Okay. And I've seen you play baseball, so I'm...
1: <laughs> if that tells you anything. Yeah, I'm going to
0: assume I'd, I'd win. win.
1: <laughs> definitely. Definitely. You, I probably wouldn't even score. I honestly wouldn't score.
0: Okay. Well, Luke, this was another fantastic episode of oh, Second Short. It? it sure is. Some that is the questions? final question it was quite a few questions considering we spent some time on the dynasties for sure uh, yeah
1: we had some long response answers definitely luke <laughs> on those. i thank
0: you of course for your time and um everybody out there i thank you for liking subscribing commenting you know doing all that stuff on youtube and then of course i know you already did it but i'm gonna remind you you need to go to the link tree you need to go to all those links they're also right here you can search them up you could join the reddit you could submit questions and make luca not think we're at the end and we won't be at the end of questions time yes. if you just keep submitting them because we're going to keep reading them obviously <laughs> there's certain things we're not going to read uh <laughs> please don't do that <laughs> we do have yeah. moderators <laughs> one of them being me <laughs> so don't, don't go that far but feel free to join the reddit ask us some questions and um yeah uh, of course Podcast listeners, you hear me in your ears with my beautiful voice sinking deeply into your ear canal, processing through your brain. And and it's just, it's hypnotizing. Rate five stars, rate five stars, rate five stars, rate five stars. What's going on? Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Luke's losing his mind. Snap out of it, man. (laughs) What the hell just happened? Look, we appreciate you guys so much. Enjoy the Pro Bowl games. (laughs) Try to enjoy them, I guess. (laughs) And um, we'll see you guys next week. Of course, me and Colin will be here on Monday. Me and Luke will be previewing the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 58 will be previewed next Friday. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you later. Peace.